Look, losers like you are incapable of taking care of themselves. You're either leeching off mommy, or leeching off welfare, or living off the government in jail. Uh, That's you! You don't know the first thing about me, bro. What's to know? What's to know? You serve absolutely no function whatsoever. It's pathetic. I probably made more money in the last two years than you did in your whole fucking life, man. You see, man, a couple years from now, you ever see me driving by in my fucking Lambo? You're gonna put your fucking foot so far up your mouth, bro? You don't know what I'm talking about at all. I've probably done more podcasts in the last two years than you did in your whole fucking life, man. <laughs> a couple years from now, you see me podcasting with my Audible sponsors, you're going to put your foot so far up your fucking mouth, bro. <laughs> this is Spoilers. I like it. I let the good times roll. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Spoilers Podcast. I'm your host, Corey, also called Kylo Ren Memes, and I'm hosting tonight's episode on the 2017 film called Good Time, directed by the Safdie Brothers. I'm going to go around and uh, we're going to introduce our co-hosts here. Josh, I guess we'll start with you. Yay! <laughs> I wanted to start this pod with something called Sentence Interpretation. Oh, huh? <laughs> I like this. Do you know what that means, Josh? Interpreting a sentence? Just from this movie. <laughs> well, it's just a fancy word for telling me what the word means to you, okay? Okay. All right. The bad. The boat bad. Here it is. That drip, low-key bussin', no cap, <laughs> FR. Can you tell me what mm. that means to you? They could both hurt you. <laughs> Why do you say it? Do you think about hurting yourself sometimes, Josh? Pick up the bus and throw it at my grandma. <laughs> oh my god. I drove a bus into my grandma's apartment. She wouldn't let me eat nothing. Rosie O'Donnell was on that bus. <laughs> Did the bus burn your hand? <laughs> Thank you, Josh. That's your intro. <laughs> this is Josh from Goshen, by the way. I did want to say that. Uh, why don't we skip this section and move on to the next one? It's actually more fun. It's easier. It's called Word Comparisons. Stevie, maybe you can take this one. It's two words or phrases that don't appear to be connected, and you tell me what you think when you hear them together, all right? Oh, boy. I was never good at tests. The first one is... Pro-life and flat earth. What, is, what does that make you think, Stevie? Just one word? Those are the comparisons. Pro-life on one side, flat earth on the other. Republican. <laughs> God, I knew you guys freaking say that. <laughs> Brett, you're not a Republican. <laughs> I know I'm not, but it's not like Republicans believe in flat earth. A lot do. <laughs> Only stupid people do. It's better than believing in Bigfoot. We've established that on this podcast. Bull. Like, I want to know what Josh has meant, though. I want to hear that again. What was it? 
Yeah, what did Ko- what Kylo? What did that come from? The outfit looked good. Sentence interpretation. Pappy can translate. He's he's young and he knows the terminology <laughs> that the kids say. Significantly younger than you, Corey. <laughs> that drip, low key bussin'. No cap, fr. I think I got it. That I don't. Uh, your clothes are are, mm-hmm. are subtly amazing. <laughs> There's no price limit for what one might pay for thine clothes. <laughs> I'd, I would cap someone for those clothes. For real? You wonder why nobody wants to pay us for Patreon. You insult half of our listeners every freaking podcast. Listen. I don't think our, our listeners are very Republican proud. I've always said staunchers listen to podcasts too. <laughs> Politically neutral, Pappy. Yeah, ever since you saw The Last Dance, you, that's been like your own catchphrase, Pappy. <laughs> Is that what he says? He's like, Republicans buy shoes too? Mr. Apolitical Michael Jordan? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do they wear sh- shoes or is it just fascist boots all the time? Oh. Boots, bro. Okay. Big boots Here community. They're turning it off. Let's look at these yeah. YouTube analytics afterwards. Fair enough. I can hear them stopping away now in their giant boots. Fascists love free speech. <laughs> Pappy, you're up next. This is a little bit more straightforward. Alrighty. If you had to spend a day with Connie from Good Time or Howie from Uncut Gems, who would you choose? <laughs> Pappy from Kalamazoo, Michigan, like the Primus song. That is so hard. I feel like... Connie from Good Time, because he's good with dogs. Maybe we'd go to a dog park together. He could tell me about his previous life. He wouldn't talk my ear off like Howard. This is me, all right? I'm not a fucking athlete. This is my fucking way. This is how I win, all right? All the fucking hard work I do, all the fucking ass kicking, the dues I pay, you're not going to score on the big one on game seven? Fuck these people, right? That's how you feel. I know you do. So look. Let's fucking bet on this. Let's bet on this shit. I think I gotta go with Connie. He seems less annoying. He's gotta keep an eye on him. What are the chances, though, that Connie would steal a dog from that dog park and just tell you to run? (laughs) How much can you give me for this dog right now, tonight? Like right now, tonight. How much do you want? Pick up the phone and get me someone here that will buy this dog. (laughs) Yeah, that, I mean, they're both very intense. I feel like this is my answer, which I I didn't ask this to myself, but I'm going to answer anyway. I think with Connie, you're pretty likely to end up in jail. With Howie, you're likely to end up robbed, like indirectly robbed, right? <laughs> like he'll like need to see something in your car and then you won't have a car for a month. And he'll be like, I'm going to give it back to you. <laughs> Kai is the type of guy you like go out with him and like you realize that you paid for all of the food, all of the drinks, all of the entertainment, and the Uber home. And you're like, wait a second, like I didn't pay for anything. But just I have a new roommate. His name is Connie. You guys are wrong. Howie is rolling with like higher class folks. You might see the weekend if you're with Howie. Like, I think he's got it going on a little bit better than Connie. Tough bad times. Yeah, but like when you go see the weekend, you're gonna get it. Like he's gonna force you in the door, and then you're gonna like be already on edge, and then he's gonna like pick a fight with the weekend. <laughs> you're gonna have to choose a side. 
<laughs> what about? Sorry to take that question just a step back. I know we're spending a little bit on intros. What about Robert Pattinson versus Adam Sandler? Just straight up normal people. Who would you rather hang out? Oh, that's easy. Is that easy? Robert Pattinson is the coolest motherfucker on earth. Dude, I would do anything to spend time with him. (laughs) (laughs) Dude. I don't know, man. I would love to like hoop it up with Sandler and like get an assist or like assist Sandler shooting a three. I don't know if like Pattinson would be like super engaging. I feel like at least Sandler would like tell you some stories about when he was in Hawaii and stuff. Pattinson seems like a quiet kind of. I feel guy. like if Sandler got busy though, he didn't have like time for you at the moment. He'd like drop you off at like David Spade's house or Rob Schneider and just have you back in a few hours. <laughs> oh my god! Imagine getting dropped off at Schneider's house. Like that's what you. <laughs> He's like, just, just stay here for a while. I'll be back. He goes into like Howie mode. <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, Spade, he'll love you. I'll be, I'll be right back. Talk about staunch. That would not be fun. <laughs> I think Adam Sandler, you're going to have like an A time no matter what. It's going to be awesome. But with Robert Pattinson, I think there's a small chance you might become like real friends. And I don't see that happening with Adam. Especially you, Corey. Mm. You, guys, you might come out of that uh, bros. Yeah, I feel like I'm antisocial, you know? I'm the, about the same age as Pattinson. Yeah, that could work. I mean, this is a total fantasy. <laughs> that would never happen. <laughs> like, fuck off. Corey, you're the, uh, you're the Pattinson expert. Does he uh, method act or no? No, he said at one point that like, and this is really funny to me. He said, the thing about method acting is like, you never like leave a set with someone who was method acting and say, wow, he was being a really nice guy that whole time. Like he was basically saying that like whoever method acts just becomes a huge asshole no matter what. <laughs> Jim and Andy style. A lot of intros here. Brett, we still haven't introduced you. I want you to uh, tell us where you're recording from because I haven't been asking that. I know that's kind of a rule here. But I just want to know like what is your favorite Robert Pattinson performance? You, Brett. You're up. Ooh. Uh, it's Brett from... Record out of Fort Wayne. I like the two songs he sings on the Twilight soundtrack. Are they good for real? Yeah, they're good. You sound so dry when you say that. Brett, is everything okay? Yeah, I just don't like you guys sometimes. You just really annoy the crap out of me. (laughs) (laughs) It's just exhausting sometimes. Being friends with you guys. I love you all very much, but you I hate you guys too. Mm. You just the same crap over and over again. That's what makes this podcast good. I'm so glad you're on it, Brett. We need your voice in here. The thing about Pattinson singing, I haven't listened to his music, but uh, when the Twilight movies were coming out, like I hated this dude, Robert Pattinson. I hated him. And as you guys know, he's my favorite actor and like Pappy, how often do I share Robert Pattinson memes on my personal Instagram? All I mean, constantly. Like your Twitter story or your Instagram story is just Pattinson pictures. Yeah, like I, I'm like, I mean, it's safe to say I'm kind of like a borderline. I guess I don't want to say obsessed because that sounds weird, right? But I really, really Whoa. love Robert Pattinson. We talked about it on the Batman podcast, and my brother told me that this guy was in a band, and this was around the time the Twilight movies were coming out. So my brother says Robert Pattinson's in a band. You should listen to it. It's actually really good. He's good. And I refused. I wouldn't even entertain the idea. I was like, I will never listen to that Twilight fucker's music ever. I still haven't. 
I want to at some point though because uh, I believe you, Brett. Are they are they like rock songs on that Twilight soundtrack, or are they like more like eerie, mysterious ballads? No, it's singer songwriter ish. Like I'm drawing a blank on the song right now, but it's unfortunately it's like only like eight lines long, and there's a bunch of like music at the beginning and the end. But like it's like as far as like pound for pound, it's like one of my favorite things ever. Just unfortunately, it's really short. It's pretty crazy that he was in Harry Potter and that's how like big of a cultural footprint twilight had or, or even more like anti-twilight movement that he was the twilight guy and not what's his name bro like cedric diggeroy cedric diggory cedric yeah, diggory like, tragic character yeah like a decent role mm-hmm. i don't know i mean i like him i mean you can argue all you want i guess but i think he's good in the twilight movies i mean but i also i guess i probably like that more than most yeah men my age I mean, that's fine. Like, like like what you like, man. I saw it opening night and loved it. Yeah. I correlate him with the book character. And I actually like absolutely love the book character. So, like, I liked him automatically. So, I guess I would say this is probably his best performance. So, I mean, Ooh, this is pretty good cool. man. I remember when Pappy told me about it and we first watched it. It's the first time I ever watched it. And you were just like, you were like, like I wouldn't be surprised if he gets nominated for an Oscar for this, and obviously he didn't. But mm-hmm. this could really blow you away if all you know of him is as Edward Cullen. So, yeah, this was the role where he got away from being a Twilight guy. I feel like right, like there was Lost City of Z, which absolutely no one saw, and this is so. I saw it, but you're right. <laughs> no, I love Lost City of Z. He did some rom coms, but yeah, like you were saying, that's yeah. not that far away from twilight he was in water for elephants don't forget about that well let's talk about this movie oh what was that um what was that 9-11 movie he did um remember me or um... that sounds right remember me with uh emily d raven from lost i think yeah i think yeah it's a 9-11 movie yeah that one i haven't seen actually as a hardcore pattinson fan i should probably watch it do you recommend no, no. <laughs> I think it's rated really badly. <laughs> Just because of the ending. You want to know what the ending is? 9-11 happens. The Twin Towers blow up. <laughs> I have an idea, yeah. Yeah, he like goes up to one of his parents' offices that's in the Twin Towers. And I, I think it's like a school teacher is like writing the date on the board. Oh, God. And it's like September 11th, 2001. And that's like when you see like the planes coming. It's so stupid. I really wanted to see uh, the king, but oh crap, dude! My favorite performance by him is Tenet. Yeah, oh. dude. I completely forgot about Tenet. He's so fucking suave in Tenet, right? Like, I think that that he carries a lot of himself into that. Because like, if you see him in interviews, yeah. like he's goofy and stuff, but like he always like maintains like a coolness to him. Like he's he's so naturally cool. It's probably just from being that handsome. He's so cool. He's I wanted so cool. to see The King, but I got really bad reviews, so. Not you know, great. Bummer. I liked it. And I want to watch High Life. High Life's on my spoilers list. 
I can't say High Life is good, but I really like what it explores. Like the space manic mania shit. Yeah, I like the Batman. Yeah, the Batman's my favorite. I think that's his best performance. I don't know if it's my favorite of his movies, but he's just so consistent. And the movie's like long, so he has to hold it. And it's pretty much just on his face the entire time. Like he's holding that movie himself. It's pretty impressive. This has a lot more going on. Well, let's get into good time, guys. We're about ready, I think. <laughs> Enough sucking Pattinson's dick. The lighthouse. <laughs> the lighthouse. Don't talk about the lighthouse. <laughs> Oh, the lighthouse is. God damn it. Jeez. <laughs> we love this guy. He's up there with Jake. This man's been on fire for a long time. He's up there with Jake and Adam Driver for us, okay? Royalty. All right, this time for real. Let's, let's get into good time. <laughs> yes. Josh, can you tell me about not Connie Nikas, not... Robert Pattinson, but rather his brother, who the movie opens up with, Nick, played yeah. by Benny Safdie. I feel so bad. I hope people know that at the top of this pod, I was not making fun of anybody, but just trying to like literally recreate the performance at the beginning of this movie. Because if you didn't catch it, Kylo's opening questions were the same questions the psychiatrist says to, is it Nick? Are we going to call him Nick during this? Nicholas, what do, you, what do you call him? On? Nick, yeah. Well, that's my name. <laughs> I, I do wonder what, like, Robert Pattinson's <laughs> name, good. Connie. What's Connie short for? I don't know, but... Constantine. Is it? Yep. Oh, yeah. okay, cool. So, this movie is bookended with Ben Safdie playing this character, and he's just kind of... You can tell he's alone in his head with the psychiatrist, and... I think he has some sort of deficiency or something. Um, he has like a a mental challenge, I guess. Developmentally disabled, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Thank you, Brett. I appreciate that. But beyond that, it's kind of difficult to tell where that may start and just the pure trauma of his life begins because he's grown up with a brother who's a manipulative scumbag, his grandma. He's like, there's clearly been abuse. I think this guy's been hurt. Like from what we see in this movie, his like ratio of time being awake to time being in pain while he's awake is like very high. Yeah. So it just, mm-hmm. it just seems like he has like a very rough life. Kylo. It gutted me. The first like five minutes of the movie, like gutted me. Sad. The interview with the psychiatrist, Brett? Yeah. When his tear comes down, I was like, oh my God. Scissors and a cooking pan. You hurt yourself with both? Okay. When you said you can hurt yourself, what what were you what did you mean? Do you do you ever think about hurting yourself? What why did you think of uh, of, of being hurt? Because I touched the pan and I hurt my hand. Oh, that makes perfect sense. What what happened? I was sitting there and trying to eat, and she started yelling at me and pushing me and telling me I can't eat food. That was your grandmother was saying that. Yeah, and then she threw stuff at me. And she threw stuff things on me. at you. Yeah, and that I picked up the pan, I threw it at her. You you threw it at your grandmother? I threw it at the wall. Oh, you, you weren't trying to hit your grandmother. Nick, it's good that we should talk about this. Uh, this is good stuff we're talking about. 
Excuse me. Are you Peter? Yes, I am. We're in the middle of Nick. hello. Nick, We're what are you doing? We're in the middle of something here. We're in the Come middle on, of the exam. Hey, hey, Nick, about Nick. The stuff and the, the pan and the wait, chicken. Wait, 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 please. How Nick. would you like it if I made you cry? How huh? would you like that? No, I would not. But Come on, get up. But, but, they told me I had to do this. Let's go. Let's, let's go. go. No, but he wrote me. He has all my stuff. Yeah, Shut up, then. I feel like this intro makes you not like the psychiatrist at first, even though he's... Really? I mean, he's making him cry. Like, when I very, very first watched this movie, I don't know. I mean, I felt bad for him in the situation and the psychiatrist never like acknowledges that he's crying. You know what I mean? He's not a very empathetic. Yeah. That's, shrink. that's what I noticed as well. The first time I watched it, like the lack of empathy and like, I was appreciative at that time. First viewing when uh, Connie kind of bursts through the door and like, what seems like he rescues him. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh man. I got to disagree though, because he's, he's in the middle of like a breakthrough here. I know he's crying and it's sad, but he's actually about to open up and start talking about this incident with a pan and his grandma and him getting burned and like working through that, those feelings. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that more now. Yeah. Yeah. Upon further viewings. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what Brittany said. She said, you know, like go back to the beginning of this movie and if he doesn't come in, he doesn't pull him out of there. There's no problems in this movie, but we can get into arguments later about, because if Brittany and I disagree about Connie, like, like Josh said, a manipulative scumbag. I, I just feel like he thinks he knows what's best, but he's just like kind of toxic. I don't think he's necessarily a bad guy. I just think he's very distrustful. Like Brittany thought he was really selfish, which he, he very well could be. But I just thought he knew he thinks he knows what's better. Brett, it's really interesting. Do you think we can quantify during this pod? Like, is he legitimately a like a guy you can root for at all by the end of it. Is he redeemable at all or not? Like maybe that's something we can decide on as a group. Cause that's a really interesting question. I right? thought he was, but again, I'm, I feel like a lot of my biases are going to come out kind of mm-hmm. like with Corey. It's like, I might see him differently just because I like him so much, but Oh man, I don't know. He's pretty quick thinker for someone who's, I don't know, probably dropped out of high school and, yeah, in in some interviews, he said that like his character Connie in the movie doesn't consider consequences when he does things, which is obvious, you know, as you kind of go through the movie. Like he's not really thinking like, if I do this, will I get in trouble, or what will be the consequence of this action? And Robert Pattinson said that makes the character appear to be smarter than he is because he just acts quickly. And actually, that's <laughs> kind of I didn't think about that, but like learning disabled people are people and or people with lower IQs, that's been one of the things they say about them is they do things and they, they literally cannot think of the consequences that are going to come with that action. So it's kind of funny that you see Connie displaying that behavior when he's supposed to be the one that's smart and got it together and stuff. So It's a super weird thin line, and not to jump ahead to the end of the movie, but it's like Connie clearly isn't the sharpest tool in the shed like his plan is to rob a bank for $65,000 with his mentally handicapped brother which like yeah. is such a bad idea on its face but it's like he deserves to be in jail but his brother deserves to be in this like support group group home yeah. situation right. and it's a very thin line of IQ points that separates them you know what I mean <laughs> yeah I, Pappy I'm hoping you can take us through the next bit where yeah Nick and Connie kind of kick off the story, I guess you could say. They they go to do 
something that they've probably been planning off screen for a while, or at least Connie has. That's the vibe I get after a few viewings. But why don't you take us through it? Mm-hmm. So their plan is to rob a bank for $65,000. And there's not a ton of thought put into the plan, a surprisingly little amount of thought put into the plan, actually. So they have these masks, which look absolutely ridiculous. But the thing that drives me crazy is that he doesn't even have the sense to not let the bank teller out of his sight while he's doing this, right? Like he, she empties a drawer <laughs> for him and he's like, no, go get more money. And they just, and she just leaves. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why would you ever let her do that? And like, I don't know, Stevie, we've talked about like scumbag cinema before. Dirtbag. I- Dirtbag. Oh, I love Dirtbag Cinema. <laughs> dirtbag Cinema is... I love it. Get a lot of Dirtbag vibes from him. But while the teller goes away, she puts this, like, pink ink bomb in there. The dye pack. It's a classic bomb, yeah. Their getaway plan is to just, like, take a town car Uber away. You know what I mean? They don't have a driver. They don't have, like, bikes. <laughs> they don't have anything to, like, put actual distance between them. It's perfect, though, in my opinion. They have the costumes. Because, like, say they went through this, like, smart, overcomplicated heist plan. doesn't make any sense. The way that Connie and Nikki probably grew up, I mean, probably very little, like, television or movies were involved in their lives. Connie was probably hustling at a very young age. I mean, how would you even go about robbing a bank, you know, in a town, like, in New York, if you hadn't actually, like, worked Mm. in one? I mean, the fact that they kind of, like, got the mask together, knew to write a note and not speak. I mean, I thought it was pretty well put together for how little they had to go on. You know what I mean? Except for letting her leave. Like, yeah. Well, I know, but how would he, like, really know, like, even, I mean, would he even know, like, that they put dye packs in bags like that? I mean, he probably wouldn't even know stuff like that. So here's the bigger thing. Like, they're just clearing the drawer. Right? Like, why not rob a liquor store or a convenience store or anything that has less <laughs> security than a fucking bank? Like, what are you thinking? If, especially if all you're shooting for is, like, a couple thousand dollars. Like, I mean, $65,000 is nothing, but I'm sure there's liquor stores that have that in their drawer in New York. I'm really pleased Stevie said that Connie's been hustling from a young age because I think that went unsaid earlier and maybe Brett, maybe this is a point in Connie's column for good, but like if Ben Safdie's character, if Nicholas is traumatized, Connie is too, to the probably equal, if not more amount, if he's like kind of understanding more of what's going on. 
Is that safe to say, Kylo? Do you yeah. get that from repeated vi- viewings as well? Yeah, I think so. Traumat- traumatized by what? Their home life. Seem like they have a pretty rough life. Part is his yeah. upbringing. And, I mean, same with Connie, too. Like, those programs that Nikki's probably going through, Connie probably went through them, too. It's probably why he was, like, in such a hurry to get him out of there. Just saying, you know, this is all bullshit. Let's get out of here and go. My theory was he seemed to, like, dislike the system, if you want to put quotes around that. He didn't like dealing with the cops, didn't like watching cops. He didn't like the people in that program. Uh, he, I think he makes a comment about the government. Do you think maybe they had to go to some foster care growing up just because of their home life being a mess? I mean, usually you don't go live with your grandma unless something else is going on. So I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. He just has a distrust of everything. Stevie, is he trying to be the father figure to Nick? Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, like, it's such a weird thing because... Connie is doing a lot of awful things throughout this movie, but it's all in kind of the vein of like, quote unquote, saving Nick. You're fucking incredible. You're incredible. Do you understand? Yeah. I'm serious. You could you think I could have done that without you standing next to me being strong? No. Are you feeling this? Are you feeling because I'm feeling right now? Yeah, I'm cold. You're cold? Yeah. Hey, fuck it. Let's get to Virginia, man. Everything he does is for Nick. Except when he literally leaves Nick laying on the ground and runs away while the cops are chasing him. Right, but like if he gets arrested, what can he do for Nick? Yeah, exactly. You can't help him if you're arrested. So like literally every little action that he makes. How about putting Nick in the situation where he's committing a felony? But he doesn't think that. He doesn't think like that. Mentally handicapped brother. I, I, I just... It's just a weird slant. I was not ready for the Connie's actually a good guy slant on this podcast. Uh, I never said that, really. No, I'm not saying he's a good guy. I'm (laughs) saying in his mind, everything that he does is for Nick. Whether it's awful or terrible or dirtbag-ish, that's kind of like how his brain is functioning. It really makes me think like if he would have really used that money for Nick the way that Nick thought he was going to use the money for him. Because, you know, Nick... When he goes to jail after the robbery, he tells his grandma on the phone that, you know, Connie was going to buy me a farm in the woods and that's where we were going to live. Of mice and men. <laughs> like, kind of, you know, they're happily ever after. As long as we get this bank money, we'll be set. But Connie manipulates people so much that I wonder if he was actually going to go through with that. It's, like, it's kind of hard to tell. Like, I could see it go either way. That money was for us. Does it sound like he's going to go on a trip with a very weirdly cast Jennifer Jason Lee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got some plans of their own going on. I, I think, I don't think he's like legitimately going to do anything he says with her, right? No, he's no. <laughs> like that vacation that whatever he promised her supposedly is, that's just all bullshit, right? She's just like his ATM, I think. 
his whole time he spends with her, he's just saying, shut the hell up, listen to this thing about my brother. That's like the theme of their relationship. Before we move on from that bank robbery scene, Stevie, I, I hope you notice this too. Like, the best shot of the movie is what this like tracking shot that they do when they're covered in pink and it's like they go in front. Yeah. They go in front of this like grocery store, then it like pivots and follows them into the dominoes. I love how the Safis have like real world brands and stuff in their movies too, because they walk by a subway, they run into a dominoes to stash the money. Yeah. That that shot is fucking amazing though. I watched it like three times. It's so good. They use a McDonald's sign as like a bokeh <laughs> in one of the shots very prominently too. One thing I like that this movie does a lot is very few shots. I mean, I know like they know how to film, but I mean like very few shots are clean where you know out of focus people will be moving in and out of a frame of someone talking. There'll be weirdly slanted angles. I think the way they shot this movie really reflects kind of the feeling of the movie, and it makes perfect sense. Would you say that's because they said they wanted it to look kind of pulpy? Would you say it's kind of like that, like cheap? Um, you mean kind of like gorilla like? Yeah, gorilla like. Sure. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, um, definitely. And there's even shots like they do this a lot with um, what's his name, Ray. It is. They do it a lot with Ray where a lot of shots with him, if you pay attention closely, will go in and out of focus very quickly, kind of like representing his um, state of mind throughout the movie. It's very cool to watch. Poor Ray. Speaking of like the gorilla style filmmaking, like they apparently just like filmed with like random people (laughs) in places. Like they would run through like, you know, a mall or whatever it is in New York, wherever they are. And apparently they did have the permits. That's what I read anyway. But they decided to just like keep people in the frame anyway, as if they didn't, right? So it was kind of shot in a gorilla way, even though it didn't necessarily have to be. And uh, I think that, in addition to like a lot of the side characters that are cast, you know, people with one or two lines, like adds to the realism of this. Because a lot of these people also look like real people. Mm-hmm. Some of them are. I mean, I don't know. They really love using. Bail bondsmen and loan sharks, like like real. Yeah, did you yeah, see that exactly. trivia? Like Eric Roberts was really supposed to be the bail bondsman, and they decided to go with the real bail bondsman instead. Second favorite shot of the movie is when they're showing the bail bondsman, and like his yarmulke doesn't come into frame until way later in the conversation. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just so funny and so smart, but I love it so much. Only in episode 402 of Spoilers, we talked about Uncut Gems. Kylo, sadly, you were not on that pod. But we talked about, what's his name, Eric Roberts? Yeah. Someone thought that Phil from Uncut Gems looked like him. We talked about just a lot of things we've talked about so far. Like It's, it's pretty funny, actually. Like The Dirtbag Cinema came up very early in that podcast as well. That'll be a good one to listen to back-to-back with this one for sure. Real quick, before we go too far on this story, we're talking about small moments. One of my favorite small moments is after the supposed successful robbery, and they get in the car, and they're driving away. Connie and Nick, they got the bag of money, and you see Connie's face, and he smiles, and he's like... He doesn't talk a lot in this movie when the camera's hanging on him. Just like Brett said, like we're uncut gems, people are constantly talking. But like he just has this like look of like satisfaction and completion, which is 
all but eliminated for the rest of the movie after the die pack goes off. But I love that smile he gives, like, fuck yeah, mission successful. Yeah. Almost like Howie after the Celtics game. At the oh, end of that no. movie. <laughs> Good point. I mean, what's so fascinating about Connie is like that smile in a much lesser movie is like the end of a movie. <laughs> right, yeah. I think in a much lesser movie, like the kind of hissing noise the Diapack's going to make is like the end of a movie. But what's so fun to me is that even though the bank robbery wasn't a great plan, I feel like Connie had been planning that for a long time and hustling as much as possible to get those masks that look somewhat real. I mean, they look kind of realistic in a weird way. They look off-putting. But, like, they're not just, like, a simple, you know... Um, Halloween mask, yeah. Yeah, simple Halloween mask. It's like, he was like, no, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this right. And he was out in the streets just hustling as much as possible to get the money for that. And, you know, that smile is just, I worked my ass off to get here. And I just, I find that fascinating. And he probably was relieved how easy it was, too. Yeah. Dude, what kind of farm in Virginia can you buy with $65,000? <laughs> like, there's no way he was actually going to do that for Nick. This is pre-COVID, bro. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> A little shitty Winnebago. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, <laughs> an old Winnebago from the 80s. Well, what's keeping them to Virginia? Could they... Does anyone know, like, what you can just buy, like, acreage of woods for in any cheap state? Like... Is there any world in which in which this could work? Sure, you could um, buy a farm for sixty five thousand. They need like four or five acres of land for this plan to work out, right? They don't even need. They could just get like an A frame or something. I mean, sixty five grand, like you could buy a you know two three acres of land, but you're not going to have like any cleared woods. You have to do that yourself or pay somebody. It's going to cost a fortune. You don't have any tools. That's what I was going to say. Like if you're just getting a, bu- a bunch of trees and there's no farmable land, you can get it a lot cheaper. Yeah, but you're you're putting a lot of work to actually level that stuff out, get tree removal. Like, it's, uh, yeah, there's no way. You'll just rob somebody. I'm seeing 100 acres in Amisville, Virginia for a million dollars. Well, this, now's not the time. Do the math. What is that per acre? <laughs> <laughs> What's the fantasy here, Kylo? Like both of them under the stars in the woods, like growing Weed. mellow hash, yeah. and they got like watermelons and corn in the woods, and they're like in hammocks. Is that the thing? Are there any women folk? Uh, that doesn't seem to fit what Connie is all about. I don't know. He wants to hustle, I think, you know? Like, I don't get the idea that this dude is looking for a peaceful life, right? Like, he's about this life that he lives. My theory on this is um, before Connie probably dropped out of high school, I imagine his English class was reading of Mice and Men. And <laughs> Lenny in that book is always talking about living off the fat of the land and George telling him, hey, yeah, we're going to get our own land and farm and <laughs> do that kind of stuff. And it kind of stuck with Connie, like that idea. And he just told his brother that so he could get to Virginia and do what next shady deal he had going on. Stevie, it's Lenny, not Benny. I said Lenny. I know. I'm just saying Benny Safty. <laughs> oh, gotcha. It, well, it's funny because like the the writers had like pages and pages of backstory for the characters in this movie, and we don't know exactly what those are, but I think the idea is that 
those pages of backstory inform their decisions in the movie, right? So the actors are very well ingrained with what they should be working with and how they should be behaving in a given situation. But I really would like to see those. I don't know if those are like available on their like Criterion Blu-ray or whatever, but I would really like to know like exactly what those backstories are because I think a lot of that comes into play with some of the stuff we've been talking about. But kind of moving forward here, Nick does get arrested. He goes to jail and he's just put there in general population and yeah terrible idea (laughs) doesn't have a great go of things does he brett (laughs) no it's so sad we're going to watch empire what the fuck is you doing i was watching this channel you can't do that i was watching something in the before you do not rock on this tv man hey yo man if I was you, I wouldn't fuck with the TV, just leave it no, alone. Don't talk to me, all right? I don't like you, all right? Don't talk to me. No one ever been here before. I'm allowed to watch whatever I want. Yo, one man, this don't is my TV. And this is a. He's so scared, I mean, and you could tell, like, he's scared at first, but when it gets to, like, TV time, he reverts back to maybe not knowing any better, and surprisingly seemed like he's pretty, uh, what's the word, structured, even though it seemed like he has a hectic life, like, he kind of seems like... It's like a Rain Man kind of thing, right? Rain Man, like, like Wapner, you know, Wapner, 30 minutes till Wapner, like, he has to watch that show. And he just doesn't get how badly he's failing socially in a place where you probably want to be pretty socially conscious of what's going on as he learns very, very badly at one point. Gladiator reference. Are you not entertained? When the guy yeah, that guy was creepy looking. That guy had been a real criminal, though. <laughs> yeah. Skinny white guy. Yeah, I know that a lot of these dudes were actually criminals like in prison. So they made that work and... Nick gets his ass kicked. He ends up in the hospital. It gets so bad. Basically, he's like stomped out by a bunch of prisoners for kind of doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. And uh, Connie is on his mission here moving forward. And his mission is very specific. Doing the wrong thing. (laughs) He will do whatever it takes to get his brother out of prison. Or someone who looks like his brother. And where does that take him, Stevie? Takes him to Jennifer Jason Leigh. Why is she in this movie? I think she's awesome in the movie. Wait, she's a fine actress? What? Yeah. What's the problem? But she's kind of a decently big actress for yeah. being in such a minor role. Yeah, I thought it was kind of a minor role for such a big actress. Like, I, I love her, personally. Robert Pattinson's two love interests in this movie. Just looked it up. 36 years apart. Yeah. Yeah, but, okay. But, I, I mean, his... Love interests, right? They're just like women that he mm-hmm. uses to get their means to an end, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's one, it's one of the things that he has in his tool belt is use the Pattinson charm to seduce. Yeah. <laughs> it's utility belt, you mean? Yeah, exactly. It's about utility belt. So I told you about my brother, yeah? Yeah. I told you about the program he's forced to attend and how he shouldn't be there. Yeah. Now everybody involved that doesn't know what the fuck they're doing and he fucking hates it. Something happened. 
I don't know exactly what, but one of the therapists was abusing him and I guess he must have lashed out violently and he really hurt the guy. Now this guy's gonna press charges. My brother's been arrested, he's being held at Rikers Island. Oh my God, that's awful. I know. You have no idea, so just gotta get him out of there before something bad happens. So you could get killed in there. Just a little short in the bail money right now. How short? It's like, it's like a few thousand. Hey, that's not bad. That's why I was, I was just hoping your mom's credit card could cover the rest of it. Oh, um. Look, um, it's just to get him out of Rikers. It's like a temporary loan. Get right. it right back. Any judge is gonna dismiss this as soon as it, as soon as it gets to court. Yeah. Also, super small thing about this part, Kylo. So, like, what, like when he's in the prison or whatever, like up until like when he's in the uh, uh, bail bondsman's place, like the opening credits are still going, and it's twenty minutes into the movie. Did you guys notice that? Like, mm-hmm. Robert Pattinson's yeah, name comes up at like twenty three minutes into the movie. I've ne- I don't think I've ever seen that in my life. I love it. I've seen it coming really late before. Maybe not that late. What does it mean? I don't know, like, what would be the point of, like, why would you make that decision? Does it just make this movie seem more, like, fast-paced? It's, it's like an intensity, right? It's like so many things have happened, and, like, you're so engaged, and you're like, oh, my God, how is this person going to handle this situation? I can't believe the things he's done, and, oh, my God, we're just getting started. I look at it as the start of the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how I looked at, like, his name popping up like that. Like, this is, like, we got our backstory this is the start of the movie. Yeah, it was cool. It wasn't as cool as when the credits popped up at the end of Uncut Gems. That was like the best part of the movie, but this was pretty cool though too. <laughs> Come on. Oh, that old joke. What's your favorite part? The end credits. I said that on the pod. I've... No, I know. That's what like uh, a lot of people that hate certain Star Wars movies will say. That's like the very common yeah. joke that they make. Anyway, Stevie, you were kind of saying the bail bondsman scene is the most like uncut gems, and that's exactly yes. what I thought on the most recent rewatch. And it's like they took that that idea of like stress and anxiety, like all verbally in a small room, and they really just made a whole movie out of it. Any standout moments in the uh, bail bondsman shop? Well, you guys know I love the color red. I actually absolutely love seeing the red on the money when it's being counted. And also, just kind of how deflating it was when Connie seemed like he was out of options, especially like when Jennifer Jason's lays, um, her card didn't go through, she's having a meltdown, finding out his brother's at Elmhurst, and then when he's like, alright, just give me my money back, and the bail bondsman's like, no, that money is gone. It's so deflating. And when she calls her mom, like, the way she behaves with her mom... I don't know if you guys ever have like experienced this, but like I've been with people who behave that way with their parents. It's like a very drug addict thing, like young drug addicts usually. Obviously, Jennifer Jason Lee's not exactly young in this movie, but it's the kind of thing like I've been with people and we're all like, you know, trying to like score or whatever or getting money. And then like someone like calls their mom or dad and just starts screaming at him like that. Hi, mom. Did you um, cancel a card? Did you keep? Do you want to talk to them, Mom? 
Mom, sorry, sorry, Mom. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, 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 of course, of course. Mom, 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 please listen to me. Just, I'm at a legitimate... It's a bail bonds place. So the thing is this, the thing is, Mom, 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 we get the money back. Call me back, Bobby. Mom, we get the money back. Chaos, hold on a second. Can you take that outside? Sir, it's a legitimate loan. Okay. You get it back. We got 10 minutes to decide what do you want to do. Look, it's a fucking disaster. I didn't know she was going to be like this. I don't like people yelling in my office. I understand. Like, ma, the meatloaf. Fuck! Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what an idiot. She knows from the second he says $10,000 that she does not have a credit limit of that on that nope. card. It's so <laughs> hard to watch. It's so good, but it's just like, oh, that whole scene stresses me out so much. That's very. That's what struck me as uncut gems. It, like, starts out as a couple thousand, and then it's, like, 3,000, and then it's, like, 10,000. And... I love how those mon- those numbers like stretch and get inflated and exaggerated in those moments. It's pretty funny. And Connie's like so quick to think up a lie to like get that money out of her. And of course he starts off with like significantly lower than it is, but you know, he just starts like volunteering info about like his brother and he makes up this whole like sad story about he was being abused in some kind of care facility and he lashed out and then he got arrested. You know, of course all the truth of the matter is really left out, but that's just Connie for you. Put a tick in the negative column for that one, Brett. That's just <laughs> lying. I have a feeling the, the negative is going to outweigh the positive, but I just think he has some redeeming qualities, maybe. Spoilers lore question, without getting into specifics. Has anybody on this podcast not bailed someone out of jail? I have. I've never bailed someone out, no. I have, yeah. Stevie Josh? I didn't. Uh, the, his bail wasn't $250,000 or whatever Benny's was. It was yeah, uh, $3,000. Isn't it supposed to be like a tenth of that? I thought it was usually pretty low. 10%. So if he's paying twenty five grand, which is kind of what it seemed like. I have. I won't get into specifics, but it was kind of high. What did Lauren do? I believe if you pay the full amount, you get the money back. Uh, or you can pay 10% and then you don't get the money back. Right. Yeah, that sounds right. What a cool criminal justice system we have. That's <laughs> it's so cool. It's fantastic, isn't so it? So cool. It's so it's cool. bad about what he just said. <laughs> well, it favors rich people easily. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like if you have more money, you're going to have a better time. <laughs> I've never bailed anyone out, though, Pat. I've not. Josh, maybe you can tell me if you've ever tried to break an inmate out of a hospital. I know you've never bailed anyone out, but surely you've done this, right? I've not, but I do love this this hospital scene, Kylo. Or this whole setting, I should say, because I think there's several scenes in here. But do you mind if I just pick one out, like cherry pick one that's my favorite? For sure. Robert Pattinson's, like getting into this hospital and there's a there's a police presence and he assumes it's because of his brother and just you know there's always a police presence to some degree at a hospital but he's like sneaking around he's on the sixth floor because he finds out prisoners are up there and he has to like slink off away from this cop who's guarding a room and he goes into this room where this, this old black lady is laying there all sick and he opens her fruit cup. I knew you were going to say this like immediately. <laughs> he opens a fruit cup 
and like gives her a sip and then like takes a big sip of it. <laughs> I think so, it was orange juice. Is it? That makes sense. But it's like a little mini cheers. There's almost like some respect shown. Maybe Brett, this could be a check in the the good yeah. Robert Pattinson. He's getting some nutrients into both their bodies here. This is this is good stuff. There is something about that that little moment, Josh, that draws me in. And that's something that could have been cut out, but I don't know, it it adds something that I can't quite identify verbally. Like he gives her a little bit and you're like, Oh, that was that was nice, you know? And then he like drinks some himself and I'm like, Who would do that? <laughs> While never breaking eye contact with her, right? It's kinda creepy. Yeah, there's there's a creepiness to it, like a scumminess to it. <laughs> he also doesn't know like what's she's sick with for yeah, lack of a better same, word same I guess. thing mm-hmm. pre-covid you probably don't want to go yeah i was gonna say what do you think is covid <laughs> i mean post-covid you don't want to go do that that whole scene where he's like thinking up the lie to the cop and like telling the ghost story that is like a big part of why i thought he was going to get nominated for an oscar and like I should have known that the Academy doesn't nominate cool movies a lot for awards like that. But like, God damn, man. Like when he's like, he looks away, like for one second, he looks at the ground, then looks up back at the cop. Cause like, that's like him coming up with the story and he just rolls with it. Like ah, he's just so fucking good in that scene. Well, something just scared the shit out of me, man. What? I was sleeping with my dad down the hall who's dying. So I'm already half freaked out already. And, uh, all the TV channels start changing on their own. When I get up, it stops. When I sit back down, they all start changing again. So I... What the fuck is that? I don't know what to tell you, man. Look, man, I think I've been losing... I'm losing my mind. I've been here 48 hours straight. You want something from the vending machines? No, I'm good. Thank you. That's Connie's superpower is his ability to hustle people. Think on his feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's he's pretty good at that. And I've known people like Connie in my life. Not that anyone I know has been on an, you know, an odyssey to this extent necessarily, but like having, you know, been a drug addict and used to spend time with drug addicts pretty regularly. Like heroin addicts are like this dude. They're super scummy. They lie all the time. They'll do whatever it takes. And then a lot of times when they get clean, they go into sales because they're so fucking good at hustling people that they just <laughs> yeah. like carry it into their normal life. Like it, it's like a skill really. And it's, I think Connie's greatest skill. It's almost weird though. Cause there's no motivation for that desperation for money. Right. Like it's not like he is a drug addict or he owes money or, you know what I mean? Like maybe a lesser movie would have had that. Like, I, do you like that Brett? That's just kind of, he just wants money. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. Uh, yeah. No, I, I mean, I wish there was like, like on the side, I could have found out like what's led them to all that, but I guess you get most of it. Yeah. It's, it's fine. It doesn't need to be a big exposition fest. There's not really much going on like that. So that's all pretty well done. I'd say. But I do kind of come away from the movie with a question of like, what does Connie want? Because he doesn't seem to have like vices too bad. Like he can get women, apparently. He's immune to marijuana. Is that weed? Yeah. Has no effect on me. I'm immune to it. Right. He's immune to weed. (laughs) Doesn't affect him. (laughs) He's not a boozer like Ray is later. 
he doesn't seem to be like abusing drugs. Like I, in my mind though, he is a drug addict that I, I've described this movie to people this way. I said, it's okay. about a bad night for a drug addict that doesn't do drugs. I see that. I definitely <laughs> yeah. see that. Mm-hmm. So do you think he just like, we did just happen to see him during a time where in his mind, he's not doing them. He's just in an in-between period or what exactly do you mean by that? I just mean like the type of personality, really. An addict personality. Yeah, definitely. Skeezy. Yeah, well, this night he has a specific goal. So this night it's him trying to achieve something else. Is that like what people do to score like when they're desperate? Yeah, like it, it comes off that way? Like they'll do anything? It doesn't matter who they hurt? Absolutely. The like the manipulation, like the lies, the, the, the beg, borrow, and steal mentality, which is exactly man. where Connie is right here. That's perfect, man. I, that's really, that like blows my mind that you're talking about that. Like, because I see it now. I mean, obviously I've known plenty of addicts and that's awesome. But it almost makes it even more weird that it's like, the movie specifically calls out two different drugs and Connie like looks down on both of them. Like whether or not he's immune to weed, I guess we don't really know that, but he judges the boozer really hard and there might be some projection going on when he's calling him a fuck up uh, a little bit, but it's like, it's just weird. That it's like explicitly stated in the text that he's not interested in drugs. I don't know. I think that's the childhood trauma part when he sees like, Hmm. Ray like boozing immediately and that's probably the childhood trauma part looking at him being like dude what the hell are you doing you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah like you have this in front of you and you're doing this Stevie I was hoping you could uh, take us to the point where Connie does rescue his brother out of the hospital <laughs> where he is handcuffed <laughs> to a bed yeah he's rescued alright <laughs> It's it's a great reversal, is it not? Like It blew my mind when I saw it. It blew my fucking mind. I, I kind of guessed it, to be honest with you. <laughs> I didn't see this in theaters. Watched it at home. First time I watched it, I had to rewind it because I thought I missed something. Like, whoa, did I absolutely miss something? And, you know, just... He's <laughs> handcuffed to a goddamn bed. But <laughs> gets him out of the hospital. Face super bandaged goes through a great sequence of being on the bus that takes um, release patients home and how he was able just to walk out of there without like any type of release is insane to me but like you guys said he's like a master manipulator and a master talker he just knows how to manipulate people he's got just such a sweet voice too like when he like drops his voice and he talks you know like oh god bless you can you please I'm like it's it's so good the driver just dropped us off on our house on 23rd, and I can't find my keys anywhere, and my, my brother doesn't have a jacket, and it's freezing. Can, is, there, is there any way I can use your phone just for like two minutes? That's okay, that's okay. Come God in. bless you, God bless Come you. It's so cold. And he's always throwing that fucking in. He's always like, God yeah. bless you, God bless you. He does <laughs> this little thing. It, it's It's so weird, like... Like, if his character asked me for 20 bucks on the street, he'd be like, man, if I just got this, like, I get this done, and then it'd be okay, I'll pay it back by Tuesday. He'd be like, all right, fine. And there's some great shots in that bus, especially with the color red, and there's some greens in there, too, that look really sharp. But Pattinson knows he has nowhere to go. And 
He makes a connection with that woman on the bus specifically for that reason. Of just like, you know, I hope you get better. God bless you. You know, take care. And we're in 10 minutes later. Hey, I got nowhere to go. You know, it's it's fun to watch. Right. He kind of gets what he wants inch by inch, right? He's like, you know. Yeah. He's, I mean, like you guys said, he doesn't see very far down the road, but he can see a little bit. Uh, yeah. I agree. And I think that this is another check in the negative box, Brett, because. Oh, yeah. He's manipulative. One of the first things he does with Crystal, um, the 16-year-old girl, which is this lady's granddaughter that we're talking about, mm-hmm. is he makes like some sort of like spiritual reference, vibe reference, and it's something he kind of comes back to. And then at the end, when he really needs to like hook into her for like the big ask, he like circles back to that, which makes me think. Yeah, Stevie. He's thinking a little bit more ahead than we give him credit for. He's putting claws in people just in hopes to manipulate later down the line, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not a great skill, but it's a skill nonetheless of just (laughs) being able to manipulate and use people. Yeah. You know what? Tonight, it's fucked up as it is. I just think... I think something very important is happening and it's deeply connected to my purpose. And I think that you are somehow connected to it as well. I mean, do you feel me at all? Do I just sound like a total faggot? No, I feel you. I understand. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's definitely thinking about long-term acquisition, just not long-term consequence. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way to put it. I like that. So he's at this house... Grandmother gets conned into letting him stay. She goes to bed, leaves her 16-year-old daughter with this guy. She doesn't know at all. Granddaughter. 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 Not much really happens there. Uh, They leave. No? No one? Okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I was uh, waiting for you to come back to that. First of all, before we get to the underage stuff, this house, the inside of this house, is lit like a fucking cartoon. Like, there's so many different colors happening in this house. Like, why does this family have a green light in their kitchen? There's no, like, real reason for it other than it looks amazing. And there's, like, a red light, too, in the blue of the TV room. Like, they're really good at, like, manipulating color in these scenes. Oh, yeah. I mean, Stevie talked about the lighting a little bit earlier. And one of the big things I remember after seeing this movie for the first time was how amazing the lighting was. And that blew my mind because I don't think I had ever previously come out of a movie theater and said the lighting in that movie blew me away. But it was so unique to me when I saw this one. And I'm sure other movies have done it, but they're always lit by, you know, something nearby, like a neon sign or like a fast food sign coming through the window of the car. McDonald's. It's a very specific <laughs> color at a specific time. And I think it's I think it's beautiful. Now, all that said, this is a pretty major check for the bad column, Josh. That he's willing to statutory rape a minor too. <laughs> well, to be I mean, yes, to be fair, he's he it's thinking on his feet. That's literally how he's going to get here to not watch the TV. Yeah, it's like a super quick decision, right? And my point is, I would only take three quarters of a point off. Okay, so maybe make it 1.3, 1.75 points since, yeah. yeah, it's bad. She was 18, I believe, when as an actor. 
How old is he, though, in this? Early 30s, maybe? I think he was like 30. Late 20s? Like his character? I thought his character is late 20s. Maybe. Okay. I think we need to take that to a full point because like, there's a line where he's like, how old are you? And she's like, 16. Well, you look older. Yeah, I get that. And kind of what I take away from that is that she's maybe not 16. She lied. Definitely not 16. Oof. I didn't I didn't get that, but she's wearing like a pink puffy coat, bow in her hair. <laughs> like little kid clothes? Yes. I don't I think mean, she's got a very big wardrobe. She's probably pretty broke. She's also ripping a dab pen. I don't know. Yeah. That's true. All they have in their fridge is like chicken grease. For <laughs> like that's all they got. <laughs> I'd be willing to bet that Kylo loves it when Robert Pattinson starts trying to track down the boyfriend who sells the weed pens. He's <laughs> like, where does he live? What's his address? My boyfriend sells this shit for like $30. How old's your boyfriend? It's not my boyfriend, my ex. He's a drug dealer? Yeah. Where does he live? Can't disclose that. Well, you win Because it's going to make his house hot. Can't do that to him. What, from me? From anybody. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. It's funny. I mean, I think his mind was going there, right? He's like, your boyfriend's a oh, drug definitely. dealer? Where does he live? He's like thinking, like, how can I get money out of this person? <laughs> yep. See <Yeah. laughs> he a nice drug dealer? But uh, his brother wakes up and it's kind of a big surprise moment. Again, it blew my mind. It's not his brother. It's a random guy that was also bro. in the hospital bro. that looks bro. like his brother a little bit. <laughs> bro, bro, bro. <laughs> Seriously, bro. Where the fuck am I, bro? <laughs> Who the fuck are you? Starts swinging like a piece of broken Dude, glass. Dude, I love this guy. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> he's a great character. <laughs> he's so good. Pappy, can you tell me about Buddy Duris as Ray? Yeah, so... <laughs> We get Ray's backstory in a flashback uh, in the parking lot of a White Castle. Takes us out of the movie for this. Yeah, and I don't know. I go back and forth. Maybe we can get into that in like a second on like how much I like that. But he is a New Yorker <laughs> through and through. I would say it's almost like his defining characteristic. He's <laughs> like a very New York guy. He's um, an alcoholic. He is a drug addict, and he blacked out before he got to the hospital. I don't remember half the shit that went on yesterday. I don't know if I ended up in the hospital first, the precinct first. I don't know if they got my fingerprints. I don't know what the fuck is going on. And I don't remember half because I was so goddamn fucked up. And at this point, he's just trying to figure out where the fuck he is. He's got to make some calls. He's got to call his boy. What's his boy's name? The guy Khalif. 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 He's call his boy Khalif. <laughs> it's almost two sides of the same dirtbag coin, but this guy's just more in the 
literally in the substance abuse side, and that seems to be what's fucking up his life. I remember being dropped off by a bus. The jail releases me, the bus drops me off right in front of a liquor store in the corner. I mean, after doing two years in jail, what the fuck do you think is gonna happen, man? I'm gonna, I'm gonna wanna fucking drink. Right away, I'm getting a bottle of brandy and I'm already practically broke with the little money that was left in my account. So I call my boy Khalif, he comes through with some more liquor boys home, and man. some sticks of Xanax. My brother. He takes some sticks, I take some sticks. And by now, we're all fucked up, and I'm just feeling so good that I don't even give a fuck. Yeah, I mean, drunks are not as uh, skilled hustlers, I think, as, like, heroin addicts and tweakers. And that's kind of, like, what I interpret it as. Like, this dude is, like, more of a drunk. It's more like me, this guy. <laughs> like, he does drugs, sure, and he hangs out with guys that do harder stuff. But he mostly drinks, and he's the one that gets caught when everyone's running away. So we both walk over to this boy Trevor's house, this guy who has this hustle going where he, uh, he moves acid for this guy in the Bronx to this other guy in Long Island. But what they do is they skim a couple sheets off the top, you know, so they could have some money on the side for themselves before they make the delivery. Yo, Belv, Belvis, how much was that? On the flashback scene, if we're if we're there, like, I don't know, Stevie. The reason that I don't know if I love it is I feel like it kind of kills the momentum of this movie, which is such a momentum-driven movie, right? It's like dominoes falling and the decisions that are being made and, and usually poor decisions. Like, it's a cool scene, but I almost wonder if it's, I don't know, unnecessary might not be a good word, but I don't know how well it fits. It's so necessary. I got something why I like it. Go. It's because he's telling the story. You get sucked into it because it's a crazy story. It's awesome. And you come back, and of course, Connie is already a move ahead. He's already thinking about where he's going to get that money. Mm-hmm. He took a little detail in a really crazy drug-addled, pain-addled story and uh, immediately goes to find out where this theme park is so they can go find the money so i'm at the arcade with trevor now you know and we're doing our thing hustling acid and uh you know we take over this place like it's our fucking office but once in a while someone will show up and we'll make a sale you know make a sale here make a sale there 20 you know take that shit and get high baby boy stronger than last time but then one of trevor's friends this clown donnie walks in and he's all fucked up, and he's talking about how he just robbed some radio shack down the street. At this point, the acid's kicking in for me, so like I can't, I can't follow this shit. I'm having a hard time following his story, and and, and I'm starting to freak out a little bit. Yeah, Ray's all in his feelings in the back seat about what's happened to him over the course emotionally. Yo, you listen to me, bro. <laughs> Dude, Robert Pattinson's just like figuring out how many miles away this like acid stash is. Pretty funny. That's why I mean I loved the kind of play by play of Ray's story. Mm-hmm. Apparently it's real story. Uh well here's here's my thing. That's not how the story went. It's kind of how the way I interpret it even now is that's how it was playing in Connie's mind. So, like, I don't think that Ray was, you know, banging a girl while his friends watched and they were laughing. I think that's just, like, what 
was going on in Connie's mind. And then guess what happened? The fucking cops show up. And the next thing I know, Trevor's grabbing me and we just book it into the parking lot. And I just remember thinking I could run for like 20 miles straight. Down here, right here. So I'm following Trevor and it's fucking freezing. He leads us into Adventureland, this amusement park. And at this point, I have no idea what the fuck is going on. So then Donnie leads us into this ride and they look for a place to hide their shit, but it's fucking dark in there. I can't see shit. All of a sudden, they get bagged. I'm all by myself in the dark, and literally the next thing I remember is I'm fucking, I'm running down some random street, and I just see a fucking cab, and I hail it, and I just get in. I like the part of the story is like I hailed a cab, and he just like jumps in the back of this cab. It's not even like digging passengers. <laughs> yeah, I hailed a cab. It yeah. stopped. That's not what happened at all. Yeah. His story is like so fragmented, but like the key points are said, and they're said in such a funny way because this guy is just so funny this is just one of those like regular guys that the Safdie brothers like have cast a couple times like this guy has been to prison a few times like he's he's probably <laughs> uh, not too dissimilar from his character you know I think that's what I read that he was describing something that had happened to him where he literally jumped out of a cab oh, god and this driver he just kept talking to me and talking to me and I'm fucking tripping balls and I'm telling him, please, yes, please, just give me some peace and quiet or I'm going to throw up. If you want to throw up, you give my money right now and you get out of and this I car. And I told the driver, I tell him, don't worry, I'm going to go in the house, you know, I'll get the money and come right back. I just got out of jail today, man. I don't have shit. As soon as he hears the word jail, he fucking freaks. Talking about, oh, I'm not getting ripped off by one of you punks again. I'm not getting fucked up And he just fucking steps on the gas. And that was it. It just takes off. I'm gonna pay you. My mother's gonna pay you. She has money. I'm going to the police today. Man, I hear the word cops, and I lose it. I'm like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. You are fuck crazy. This. I'm not going back to jail, man. I'm not going back to jail. God damn it. So I happened to get one of the doors open before he locked them all. And this guy's crazy. He's fucking driving. He's speeding down the road, 30, 40 miles an hour. And I know we're getting closer and closer to the precinct. I know where my local precinct is. It's not far. And I am not going back to jail. So I just look down at the pavement and just jump. And now look at my fucking face. I can't go walk around looking like this. I was laughing my ass off in the theater when he was describing this whole story. <laughs> like, I know it, it's, it's like intense and crazy, but like, it, it, it's so funny, too. Like, he's like, I was so fucking fucked up, bro. I don't know what the fuck happened. <laughs> yeah. That's a point, Pappy. Like, it is a, a bit of levity in a unbelievably serious movie. That's true. You kind of forget the problems for a while. And I'm not going back to jail, bro. I'm not yeah. going back to jail. Drop me off near a fucking liquor store. Of course, I'm going to fucking drink. I'm about to forget my arms hurt. I feel like I've heard that somewhere before. Is that like a common thing they drop? people off by a liquor store and like kind of wait there for them to like relapse and just pick them up immediately <laughs> it's not like the house always wins like if you win big in the casino they'll invite you back next weekend and put you up in a hotel and give you a bunch of free stuff because they know you're gonna lose like a grand 10 grand the next day i mean kind of like that it's a little meaner it's a lot meaner <laughs> before we leave this flashback section though i did have a note about this and it's you guys are all right. It's so funny. It's pretty outlandish. It kind of takes you out of the movie in some respect, but it had like a lingering effect on me because it was one of the things that 
I like when I was driving, it just like popped into my brain why it affected me so much. And it kind of reminds me of like real life. Like if you're ever late to something or frantic in your own mind or have something like that's just like running late, like a project that you can just like foresee isn't going down well, you get into this like mode. And I don't know if you guys have ever caught yourself like running through a line of excuses with maybe coworkers or like a teacher or something, but it's like, okay, I woke up this morning and the shower didn't have any hot water. So I had to wait extra time. And then there's a train and I hadn't eaten any lunch yet. And then pretty soon you realize you do sound like a crazy person yeah. like Ray in this movie The car in front of me. The tire flies right the fuck <laughs> off the car. I barely make it out of there alive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we've all had this is taken to an extreme, but we've all had moments where like some we've had to explain ourselves and we feel kind of like the crazy guy in the room or something. Yep. More than once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that tire fly off. <laughs> And bro, it goes right into my windshield, bro. That's saving my car out there. <laughs> and I was so fucked I didn't even care. I was just feeling good. <laughs> Brett, maybe you can tell us what the uh, big plan is next for Ray and Connie. You know, obviously, Connie is still trying to get money to find a way to get his brother out of prison. As we discussed, you know, his, t- his intentions are ultimately seemingly noble. Uh, where does that take him? Adventureland? Pleasureland Museum? <laughs> hey, now. That's uh, Elkhart, South Bend thing. Yeah, Brett knew where every location was. Don't worry about no. it. <laughs> That's the most disgusting place I've never... I would never ever step That's foot. the most disgusting place I've never been. Wait a minute. Trust me, guys. What makes it disgusting, Brett? I gotta know. What makes it disgusting? I've never... My God. I, we, we've been over this on a different pod. I've never been in Pleasureland Museum. That place is disgusting. I would never touch it. What is it? Like uh, the Sin Bin in Boondock Saints? That, I guess. Yes. I, I've never been there. Wait, there's jerk-off booths in there? I thought it was just like a sex store. That's the word around town I've heard. Hmm. I have no idea. It means medicine, my lord. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a strip club? No, it's a it's a like an adult bookstore. With booths. <laughs> and sticky floors. <laughs> I was gonna say there was a firefight, but um <laughs> so they go to this Adventureland museum or whatever and I thought they were looking for money. Were they looking for the acid? Both. Okay. They were looking for money, but they found the acid. Acid in a Sprite bottle, another name brand, which I'm sure was thrilled to be featured in this movie. <laughs> I thought Ray kind of just wanted the acid more, to be honest. Was the money ever there, even? Good point. So I thought it was a little funny scene where Connie threatens them. He's like, you better hope I don't forget my arms hurt. Oh, where Ray threatens Connie? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Shit, Shut the fuck up. I can't do it, man. Tell me where it is. I'll be right back. I'm not telling you where it is. You can wait by the car. That's my ride as well as yours. No way. We find another way around or something. If I have to come back over there, I'm going to kick the living shit out of you. You keep pushing me, bro, and I'm going to forget how fucked up my shoulder is. But yeah, they, they get over the fence and they go 
And then the captain comes and finds him. <laughs> the Captain Phillips guy? The yeah. new Captain Phillips? <laughs> oh, I, I thought Connie was going to kill him. <laughs> Robert Penn says, look at, look at me. I'm the security guard now. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so stupid. Sorry. Yeah, so they're looking for the money slash acid. They find the acid. Had to say it. They get caught by the security guard who catches Ray. And Connie about beats him to death. And then he saves Ray. And then Ray pours acid, a lot of acid down the captain's throat. Let's let's look at this a little bit, Josh. Mm -hmm. Please. How fucking deeply disturbed were you during their stay in Adventureland? What do you mean? I mean, there's a few fucked up things that happen in here. I mean, there's a few fucked up things that happen in the movie as a whole, of course. But in Adventureland, yes. like, Connie fucking, he beats this dude like you beat Caleb, I'll say. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, damn. <laughs> Deep cuts. Nice. It's a point for the bad guy column. Yeah. <laughs> this brings up a note I have, actually, Kylo. And I want to throw it to the group or maybe even Brett, but, like, Three times in this movie with this security guard and also twice with Ben with the sliding glass door and also in prison. It's my understanding, I heard this recently, that if you get like knocked out from like blunt trauma to the head and are like unconscious for minutes, that means your brain is like really messed up. Like in real life, you kind of like wake up you might get hit down and like black out for a second, but you kind of get up in our days and act weird. But three yeah. times, is this kind of like a movie thing? You know, like, Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I feel like we talked about it recently. We just talked about it for Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. With Luke. Exactly. Exactly. And that's actually what I was going to bring up. It's just like Luke being knocked out. So he can't see Reva or whatever, you know, like, yeah. If you start thinking about real life things, in movies, you're going to be miserable because I, I've done that before. I mean, it, it's all fake. I mean, you can't like swing in through a window. I mean, you'll just be gored with a bunch of glass. You can't, like we talked <laughs> about, you can't shoot really bullets into water. They don't fly right. through. They just, it's just, you can't, you can't worry about it. Yeah. I mean, I think that sometimes when I watch a movie and then I see like, the footage of Jackie Chan actually doing some of these things, and I'm like, well, yeah. maybe some people can do them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Shit. maybe some people. So that didn't disturb me when he, like, beat him half to death because it kind of took me out of the movie because I was thinking of that, like, stat or, like, medical thing. <laughs> but the part where they, like, shove way too much acid into his mouth to, like, make sure he doesn't remember things. Yeah. That might take a while for that guy to recover from that, if ever. Yeah, I don't think he'll ever recover from that, right? I don't think he ever will. Right. <clears throat> He's dead. Well, Dude. How, now, I mean, I mean, how much did he swallow? I don't think a lot of it went... You actually still have to... I mean, you're, I think your throat or whatever that's called, like, that block stuff in there, whether you want it to or not. So it I, sinks I into your skin. Dude, yeah, acid. acid absorbs in your mucous membrane. It absorbs. If you're going to take that much drugs... He's literally in the best situation possible because he's right next to paramedics. I'm just saying, I don't, I don't think he's gonna die. I like to choose it to think that he won't die. I don't think it's the dying thing, Brett. I think it's that much. You think his brain will be melted? No, I think that much drugs can literally change pathways and how your neurons work in your brain. 
He's going to meet God like five times that night. Here's the thing, though. This is a Stevie question. How did he get so much money? Dude, his apartment's nice. I wish I had an apartment like that. Man, this is a nice fucking place, man. I wish I had a fucking place like this. Well, that's the great that's the great backstory, isn't it? Maybe he's a drug addict, and maybe he's just like, oh, this acid ain't crap. Like, what's this? What's the security guard actually doing to have an apartment like this? Like, that's a story in its own that I find really cool. I had a cousin that did a bunch of meth and a bunch of acid, and he has never been right in the head ever since. My dad told me that he used to be a normal person, like he used to be regular, and then he did a bunch of meth and a bunch of acid one night a lot and ever since then he's been like burned out he's like fried i had a friend in college who had his best friend was roofied by a girl at a bar and he was never the same like his brain function went down he had to be walked around he had to be wheeled around in a wheelchair whoa what the hell damn for the rest of his life i mean i don't know what he's like now what happened to that girl i don't know I just went by the story that I met the guy. He was definitely not all there, and I just heard High that he... High-functioning, yeah. Used to be, I mean, obviously, using the word normal is not what I mean, but... Yeah, regular functioning, so... I mean, the doses yeah. for this acid, they're putting, like, an eyedropper on a Pepe the Frog tab or sheet. Yeah, you can buy a meme. <laughs> yeah, but then he, like, chugs a whole, like, bottle of Sprite. That's got to... I, I got it with you guys. Why does he pour so much? To be fair, though, they were accused of not having very strong stuff. Mm, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm right. just trying to come up with ideas for I don't want the yeah. captain to die because I don't want his dog <laughs> to die. Dude. <laughs> I don't think the captain's going to die. I just think he's not going to really work. Right. I mean, I don't think his brain's going to function correctly for a while. Like, is he going to talk like that forever? How is he talking, Kyla? <laughs> he could be speaking his home language. No. That ain't a language, bro. <laughs> is that how Somali sounds? I don't know. No. It's alright. It's alright. No, relax, no. relax, yeah. relax. Yeah. Oh, there goes that drug use, huh? <laughs> Just hold on to his legs. Make sure he got his legs. Alright, 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 alright. That's a bleeped out section of the pod. <laughs> I mean, Pappy, you've done a lot of acid in your life. I have not done a lot of acid. And my advice to anyone is listen, you can try things, but you gotta have a limit on the number of times you're gonna try them. And chucking a whole bottle of Sprite would be over any <laughs> limit I would recommend for anybody <laughs> to do that. Try, don't overindulge. Right. I would say there are half the drugs that you shouldn't ever try because you might not, you know, it's kind of like Pringles. Once you pop, you might not be able to stop. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Oh. Corey, you feel me, Corey? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> I never really brought the, the Pringles tagline into it. So what's your list, Brett? What's the good and bad ones? I wouldn't do heroin. I wouldn't do meth. I wouldn't do cocaine. I wouldn't do crack. What about caffeine? I'm a, I'm a caffeine super addict, so. Mm. What about DMT, man? I, you ever done DMT, bro? No. I hate it when people say that caffeine shit, Stevie. Like people are like, "Well, you do caffeine. That's a drug." <laughs> no, it's like it's the worst argument ever. I'm not going to recreate the night of good time because of a caffeine fix. You know? Like, <laughs> no, because I'm having a coffee in the morning doesn't mean 
Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. I always love that caffeine shit, though. It comes on a news article like once or twice a year. It always makes me laugh. You'll hear some like high and mighty sober people bring that shit up from time to time, too. It's like, shut the fuck up. Caffeine? Yeah. The Mormons used to not do caffeine, right? Oh. They still dude. don't. Really? Mountain Dew is contraband at Brigham Young U. My boss and my coworker are both Mormons, and they don't do any fun stuff. I thought they said God changed his mind on that, like they did, he did with black people or uh, having multiple <laughs> wives. Yeah. Or polygamy. <laughs> Let's go back to biblical times, 1823. God just changed his mind. Dum, 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 Have dum. you guys heard about this soaking thing? At BYU? Yeah, it's like soaking. You, yeah. So you put your penis inside of a vagina. But you don't move. And then you have your friend jump on the bed to simulate the humping. Then you have someone, yeah, jump on the bed, so you're not actually doing it. But you don't move. Jamal Williams uh, used to play for the Packers, now plays for Lions. He got expelled from BYU because he had sex with his girlfriend. They were just soaking. <laughs> no, I think he was. <laughs> Keep that king sound at the end and change the first couple letters. I think that's what they were doing. Fucking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I got it. Oh, I got to mark this explicit, not for kids on YouTube anymore. Jeez. That, that was the line. <laughs> I don't think kids are tuning into Good Time. Dude, that is the thing about Good Time, Corey. It's like, I'm with you, but this is probably, I mean, I would go as far as to say, like, one of my favorite movies of that decade, or like at least one of like the coolest in theater experiences I've ever had, but it's like, this is a hard movie to like recommend to someone. You know what yeah. I mean? You have to know who you're recommending it to. Like, I'm not yeah. going to bring this over for Thanksgiving dinner. Like, hey, let's watch this. Uh. Yeah, I don't. I think my in-laws are still angry. I showed them this movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's not for everyone. That's the thing. But like, I, I'm I'm open to this kind of stuff. Like seeing like a whole night of just a life of crime and stress and stuff. I like I like these kinds of movies, and I feel like a personal attachment to this kind of story in a weird way. When I saw it, man, it, my mind was blown, dude. I was like, mm -hmm. I felt like a movie was made perfectly for me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this really hit everything for me. Immediately, like, Robert Pattinson became, like, my favorite actor. It was, it was great. And, you know, people always make the joke, oh, it's not a good time. But it was a good time for me. Also, the title. I don't know if we want to cover this at any point in the podcast, but it's... Not an ironic title. I mean, it's pretty famously known now, I think, right? That it's in reference to, like, the prison term that you get of good time when you when you Whoa, get out. It's like getting what? out on parole. Say that again. What do you mean? Like, you guys not aware of this? Okay, so if you go to prison, you can get out early on good time. Good time, Like, yeah, like if you haven't committed it. any, um, like, crimes within or, like, you've done, like, you were a trustee and you worked hard whatever mm -hmm. it is, whatever boxes you check, you get out early on good time. And the idea with this story, and I think one of the Safties said this in an interview, is that this is how Cotney spends his good time. Like he's out of prison on good time and this is what uh -huh. he's doing. <laughs> oh. It said good time is not, a f our, is not a fun time, but it's better than being in prison. Yeah, there's like a whole long quote from Safdie. Do you think he has a PO he should be reporting to as well? More than likely. Yeah, I mean, I would think so. That's a big part of, like, Ray's story, but Connie never brings that up, does he? Well, Ray straight up asks him at one point, have you ever been to prison? And Connie's just kind of like, fuck you, or whatever. He doesn't even acknowledge the question. I want to know what evidence they had for that they were the bank robbers. They didn't find the money. No one could ID them. 
They ditched the costumes, didn't they? When they were walking down the street at the beginning? They interrogated Nick. Yeah. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know necessarily. Like if Nick wouldn't have run, they probably could have gotten away with it. Like, I don't know if that statement he made in prison and jail would have held up since he's got a learning disability and he didn't have anybody with him. Brett, lawyer Brett, I'm just walking down the street and a cop's like, hey, can I talk to you? Take your hoodie off. I'm just like, fuck you. And I keep walking. Can you arrest me for that? Like, do I have to stop and engage with him? No, but I, I literally just read something about this like an hour and a half ago. Like, people always recommend listening and doing what you're told to do. But no, they're not allowed to do that. But can't they just make something up? The thing is, you'll tell you'll be telling a cop you're not allowed to do this. And then you'll be getting tased. So, like, what they're allowed to do... I can tell you they don't like it. Um, and you hear a lot about stop and frisk. There's no such thing as stop and frisk. It's stop, question, and frisk. So, uh, they obviously shouldn't have run. But I don't know if they had much on them. But again... If I, you, I think they should have ran. Well, they looked super sketch. They got red on them somewhere, right, Stevie? Is that kind of what you're thinking? You got red on you. Not, not just <laughs> nice that, red. but, like... <laughs> you have to go back to, like... Just past events in childhood. Like something like that has happened in the past with Nick and Connie where it's like, hey, come over here. What are you guys doing? And Connie probably knows just from so much of experience of being with Nick, like he's not a great liar. This is going to end horrible. We got to go. I'm trying to find the Echo jacket that Robert Pattinson is wearing on that scene available for sale online. <laughs> like, I love that. It screams guilty though. I'll put it I'll put it that way. It's almost like wearing a scorpion jacket. Hmm. Pappy, maybe you can get us to the uh, security guard's apartment because I mean, they don't just run into a security guard and have to deal with him. As normal in this movie, things escalate, right? At Adventureland. <laughs> so like I said, Robert Pattinson assumes the role of security guard again his superpower coming to fruition and it's almost like he's playing this perfectly right because he's kind of like disengaged because the cops are like are the guys still in the park he's like i don't know they could be you know what i mean he's playing it perfectly right he acts like a dumb fuck which is like you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know i'm just a security guard man i don't really know much he does know how to turn on all the lights i'm not exactly sure how he knew how to do that right away but he does oh anybody would know that I mean, I guess, but the girl is a champ in this movie, though. Uh, what's her name again? The character? Crystal. Crystal. She does not snitch. She is ride or die. Like, I mean, I feel bad for her, obviously, but <laughs> she, she holds strong. I, I keep thinking that she has to, like, explain all this to her grandmother, right? Like, you went to bed, and then this guy just basically, like, bullied me into giving him the car. And then he was driving me around making like, kind of like making promises about them having a future in an indirect way, right? The whole thing is bad. Mm-hmm. That whole thing's, yeah, he does say like, I think you're going to be involved in my future. That might be another point for the bad column. Josh, further manipulation of her. Do we have any good lately? Are we ignoring some good things that we should be? He's very handsome. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Put that on the good column, for sure. He rescued a friend yeah. that he barely knew. He talks to dogs. Great hair dye. Mm. He loves dogs. But the way that they're able to get to the security guard's apartment, uh, Robert Pattinson smashes 
the hard drive of a security camera, so his tracks are totally covered. There's no way they'll be able to find him now. And they take his car and his GPS, and we get to see his way too nice for a security guard at amusement park apartment in New York City. <laughs> yeah. Of course, Ray goes right to the bottle, and a lot of this is just like them interacting, right? And of course, Connie's still like trying to drum up ideas of like how to get money. And he kind of like starts pushing him around. How much money can you get for this right now, tonight? For what? For the acid. Who can you call to get some money for this right now, tonight? I want to move it right now. That doesn't belong to me. That belongs to my boy, Khalif. And then you can pay me for it. Fuck that, man. I'm the one who found it, not you. You wouldn't have found anything without me. You were handcuffed to a bed in a hospital. What do you think I'm doing this for? You think I'm doing this for charity? All right. You're right. You got a point. I hear you. Listen, my, my boy will hook you up. He'll throw some money away. But my point is, it's not up to me. I got to call him, all right? It's not up to me. You're right. It's not up to you. So get on the phone and call him right now. Right, plug the phone and charge it. Now give me a minute. Doesn't need to be charged. I, I want to relax for a minute, man. It's been I don't a long give a fuck fucking if you night. Bro. Relax. You got to get on the phone right now and you got to make sure it's plugged into the wall because otherwise it's Give me a work. minute, bro. God damn. Call him now. Yeah, you know, I think Pappy said the quote earlier in the pod, like, how much can I get for this Sprite bottle full of acid right this <laughs> right instant, <now>. buddy? <laughs> right now. Kylo, you'd probably be better off explaining this whole thing that goes down. Like, Robert Pattinson retreats into a bedroom with a pit bull that he's, like, made friends with. And Ray has this friend over. What's his name again? He makes a few appearances Call here. Me. Khalees. Yes, Khalees says he's gonna get one thousand. Khaleesi, <laughs> and Robert says, no, or Connie says no. Then he says, "I'll get you three thousand. Connie says no, and he goes, "Okay, I'll get you fifteen thousand. Connie says yes. Finally, well, Connie demands fifteen thousand. He demands everything. Yeah, right. Exactly. He demands that Ray make the phone call. Right. He demands that Ray stop mm-hmm. talking to him or gets down in the back seat. Make yourself invisible. Lay down." Like, everything is a command that you hear from this guy. But before he goes out to get the 15G, he whispers, one of my favorite lines of the movie, he leans in and whispers to Ray, I'm going to go down and get my fucking Tasha, I think is what he calls it. I had to Google that later. And come back and shoot this guy. And I love how... Ray is so quickly on board with this plan. <laughs> I don't know. This is a really cool moment in the movie, honestly. It's great. He's down for whatever, bro. Get you a friend who looks at you the way Ray looks at Khalif. He loves that. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Ray does try to like make good with Connie. Like the, you know, like we've been through some shit tonight. Like he tries to like chum up with him, but Connie just will not fucking have it. Come on, man, look at me. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. I know your situation can't be worse than mine. Everybody goes through shit. I'm the last one to judge. You ever do time before? Kidding me? Just asking you a question. Why you gotta be such a fucking little prick all the time, man? Look at you. Look at you. You're drunk as shit. Now you wanna get real with me? Don't fucking flatter yourself, bro. I'm not trying to get real with you. You know what? I'm fucking real. I'm trying to talk to you, all right? 
Go fuck yourself, man. I think you're better than me. I am better than you. You're, you're, you're an ignorant fuck, bro. <laughs> no one's better than any next man, all right? You don't know me from Adam. The second you got here, went to the booze, and you got fucked up, but that's fine. So that's, that's, who, that's, that's, who, up, that's just who you are. You're a fuck up. That's, I don't care, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, I don't yeah. give a shit. You shouldn't give a shit. Who gives a shit? I, I definitely don't give a shit. This is also interesting because at this point, Connie's holding, what are we saying, like $25,000 worth of acid in this Sprite bottle? Like, he has everything he needs to, like, he could just kick it Ray's ass and walk out of the apartment right then and there. And I'm sure he knows a drug dealer somewhere, but he, I don't know. But he needs it right now. Right, yeah, it's that desperation <laughs> that's driving all these really bad decision making. Well, he's on the news every 15 minutes. Like, there is a little bit of urgency. Mm-hmm. He's flailing here. Yes, yeah, exactly. And he only actually needs 10000 Keep that in mind. But he demands 15000 because that's really just his nature, isn't it? Yeah. Get an extra quarter acre of land in Virginia for that. <laughs> What are you doing? Told you, I'm done. He's coming back with the money, bro. Get off. No, we're waiting. We're fucking waiting. Waiting for what? We're fucking waiting. Get the fucking bottle, man. This is bullshit. I think Connie knows it's like something's amiss. Yeah. And he's kind of like has it in his own head like cops are rolling in. I'm going to be rolling in here soon at least. And I love, absolutely love how chaotic this ending is. Especially seeing it, it kind of bounce back from like Ray's perspective to Connie's perspective. There's a shot I also love where Connie's trying to outrun the police and it's so fast. When he drops that Sprite bottle and it rolls, the camera does like this shake zoom. Yeah. And it goes away from the Sprite bottle so quickly. But also, it looks like the Sprite bottle is like highlighted for a few frames or Doesn't something. Doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's <laughs> up with that? It looks real green. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> More uh, just like name brand shit throwing in there. Like, how does Sprite feel about just this plastic bottle full of acid? Sales went up 25%. <laughs> yeah. Gents, we did it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got them. <laughs> We got him. But um, I love how, you know, just back from, you know, Ray's perspective, Connie's perspective. And Connie's, like, it's so tragic when, you know, cops are going up to the apartment. Ray doesn't see a whole lot of future besides scaling down the apartment complex, which was a great idea. I thought he was trying to jump to the other balcony. With that shoulder, too, man. Yeah. Yeah. Drunk as shit. (laughs) drunk as shit (laughs) I'm fucked up bro you know Connie really doesn't flinch when Ray takes a tumble down the building and just splats no I don't think he cares that like his actions have resulted in that man's death 
I don't think he gave a shit. I almost thought he was gonna have like this little smirk on his face. Kind of like, haha, drunk asshole got what he deserved. I don't think he's thinking much about anybody else. He knows he's about to go to prison for five yeah. to ten years, probably. That and he was probably thinking about a lot about Nikki at that point. Yeah. Well, for as long as they hold on his face on that shot where he's in the back of the police car. Yes. Maybe he does have enough time to think about that too. Like all those things. I do have a question about that. What? Brittany and I both thought that he was on acid during that scene, but like his eyes were really dilated. I didn't know if that like went back to the I thought he was on acid too, bro. I don't know if I'm reading into it or if I'm like thinking about what you were talking about, Corey, earlier about this is his drug and now it's the opposite of what a drug addict wants at the end of the night, but I thought it I thought it very clearly tried to make him look like he was on acid, but he wouldn't have taken it. So I'm either reading it like obviously Stevie saw it and Brittany and I saw it, but did anybody else think that? I just think it got onto his skin, maybe. Like watch it again, I don't know. Because we saw a couple people on acid during this movie, and I feel like they zoomed in and showed the eyes the same way. But mm. again, when would he have done it? He wouldn't have done it. I don't know if it's supposed to be a symbol. With the recklessness that Ray poured it in that poor man's mouth earlier, there probably is acid all over the bottle. Huh, yeah, that's true. That's a really good catch, though, Brett, because I thought the same thing watching it tonight. Like, oh, like he's like. Maybe like the acid got on him or he took someone who was running. I don't know, but I thought he was on acid too. I'm going to have to look into that. Corey, obviously, you didn't think so or didn't notice it or... Not something I thought about at all. It's an interesting take though. There's like a lot of stuff I really like about this ending. I mean, including the moment when we hang on Connie and it's like... To me, it's just like letting everything sink in that's happened and then like what's going to happen because of all these events. I mean, but I also like the um, one Connie running away from the cop scene because it's like from Ray's perspective, right? So you have like looking at it from the top down, which I think is really cool. And then when you see Ray fall, it's looking from the bottom up, of course. It's Connie watching him. And that fall, man, it's it's intense to me, like seeing him fall like that. Like that's so fucked up because maybe it's because I have to imagine myself like in that position, you know, like like that fall would... That would be like a horrifying last few seconds of life. There's some really good sound design of like bystanders screaming. And I think you can hear a little thud too. It's really well done. on reddit fan theories connie is high on lsd during act three of good time damn it's all about what you said josh Mm. um like he puts his uniform on that's been soaked in acid or whatever oh wait no or is that afterwards that he dumps it on him i don't know just a theory it's before he uh takes the uniform off of him i think whatever the cap they said there was it was the the cap got a bunch of acid on him and he puts the cap on 
Does anybody know where I can buy Ray's sweater? <laughs> the one where he's in the apartment. He's like, you don't know me from Adam or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that sweater. I do too. No man is better than any next man, okay? <laughs> yeah, he has some good stuff here. Don't you think, Kylo? <laughs> I fucking love their back and forth. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Robert Pattinson is, I mean, not just from the memes, right? Obviously, there's some memes that came out of this. That you think you're better than me. I am better than you. Which I think is awesome that Good Time like made memes that were like widely circulated. But I just love their like banter because one, Ray is so funny. And then Connie literally like he he does legitimately think he's a better person than Ray. Like Ray is just like one hundred percent. Ray's a scumbag to him, but he's like I don't know, like an entrepreneur in his own mind. You know, I'm I'm getting deals done. That's probably the way his mind thinks. <laughs> and there's a quick moment where there's just a silent look of disgust on Connie's face, which has also uh, taken the form of memes. But he just looks so disgusted when he looks at him, and then he looks away. Well, you guys are talking about all mental stuff. Like, oh, I'm smarter than you. I'm not a drunk like you. But there's also the fact that I know it's an audio podcast, but visually, Ray is so fucked up at this point. <laughs> Dude, Khalif says I can't even look at you. <laughs> his eyes are on different levels on different sides of his face. He's got bandages. He's like trying to look cool. His face is burned <laughs> from the road, dude. He got Freddy Kruegered from that road. He's drunk, so he's got this air about him that like, it's all good, bro. But it's like, no, man. You're like, you are deformed right now. And maybe one of my top favorite Ray lines is he goes, I'm not trying to get fucking real with you, bro. I'm fucking real. <laughs> I, I don't know why that tickles me so much, but it does. <laughs> There's a great snapshot scene where they're just sitting in the apartment and Ray's just hammering down or whatever alcohol that is. But when um, Connie's face comes on the screen for like robbery, there's like this quick snapshot where Ray looks at Connie while he's drinking and it's just a look of, I knew you were trash just like me. Like, <laughs> it's a great look. It's got his grandma on there just like airing out all his dirty laundry. <laughs> he shit his bed in third grade. <laughs> You know, Nick, I have to tell you, what Connie did, Connie did the right thing. He did the really responsible thing. And the best news is he's right where he belongs. And you're right where you belong. And I gotta tell you, this place where we are now can be a lot of fun if you let it. You know that, don't you? You're gonna have a good time. And I'll be right out here. I'm just gonna be waiting for him. I'm not leaving without you. But, Pappy, it doesn't end here with Connie getting arrested. It actually ends where it began with his brother Nick. Maybe you can uh, kind of help me extract some meaning out of this last bit. What do you think? Yeah, and Nick isn't in a lot of the movie, actually. But he's kind of the heart of the movie here at the end. I think it's also very telling that like, before he goes into that room with the class or the group or whatever, 
his grandma's there with him too, right? And his grandma's like all smiles, and it, and it feels like there's some semblance of restoring the order now that kind of Connie's out of the picture. And then the psychologist even says like. <laughs> Connie's where he's supposed to be, and you're where you're supposed to be. <laughs> Connie's going away for a good, good time. Yeah, right. It's not gonna, well, and that's like, see, this is why I'm stupid, because they, they only say good time once in the movie, and it's like the psychologist here, and he's like, I think you're going to have a really good time. And I'm like, oh, that's why they call it good time. I didn't even make the connection with, like, good behavior or whatever. Mm. Well, you've never been to prison like Corey and I have. Nope. You been to prison, Brett? No, I've never been to prison. <laughs> you got that teardrop? I've never been to jail either. I'm just messing around. Yeah. Brittany chuckled. Yeah, she knows I'm not. He'd be the bell of the ball, as they say, Brett. <laughs> but that's from the office. <laughs> but they, uh, I don't know, Kyle. It's like this, like a thought experiment that this class is participating in. And I think the class. I think it's all people with developmental disabilities, like actual people in the class. And it's very wholesome. And they're playing a game where you you cross the room uh, if something applies to you. And I think the one that he crosses on is if you ever don't get along with your family. And that's like the first time he starts to engage in it. (laughs) And yeah, to say the least, (laughs) right, Josh? But like, I don't know, I I think this is like kind of a happy ending. Would you say so, Josh? For him, for sure. I just think it's interesting that, like, I don't know if we're supposed to read into the questions they're asking. And it's almost like... Definitely. He's crossing at random in a way, too. Like, oh, I haven't walked for a couple questions. Like, I should probably just walk now. But what you said, like, is true. It it really harkens back to, for some reason, like at the very beginning of the movie when Robert Pattinson is with him and he's like, don't worry about grandma right now. Like, I'm the one that loves you. Like, I'm your friend. And he gives him like this really like seemingly endearing hug. And like, I also think there's this tinge, too, of that. Connie did the right thing, right? And clearly he, I think, said that, like, Nick didn't have much to do with yeah, it. He, definitely. like, took the rap. Yeah, he did. That's that's a checkpoint in the good column, Brett. I don't know if you're still keeping No. Oh, yeah. That's so stupid. Yes, like, that's so, no. so Okay, what is no? he, he going to say, dude? He's, like, being interviewed by a DA. His brother's mentally handicapped. He's going to be like, my brother was the mastermind of this? No. Like, <laughs> he's faking it. I'm just saying, I think he's protecting him. I'm not, he trust me, no he's not going to come out as being a good guy at the end. I think there's an option. To like what in what context could he blame his brother? Like he's only gonna help himself by taking the blame for it, especially in the eyes of like a jury, you know what I mean? Like or a judge. Like Do you think it's more manipulation? Yeah, like to confess to what you did, like they're asking that like you were the mastermind behind this the whole time, weren't you? Like obviously he's gonna say yes. Like Oh my god, I can picture him in front of a jury. Not that he would have ever gone to trial, but like in front of a jury saying, like, just please don't charge my brother. He had nothing to do with it. He's innocent. <laughs> yeah. And then like the jury feeling sympathy for him for being such a, a good brother in that way. God bless you. God bless you. But I think the questions are very telling, Josh, because it, it goes through the credits and goes up to like the end of the credits. But it's like, do you like candy? And he doesn't cross. Have you ever been in love? He doesn't cross. Like, have you ever lied? He doesn't cross. We mentioned the one about like 
a family member hurting him. But then he also crosses for like, did you ever get blamed for something that you didn't do? Yes. And then he crosses for that too. So it's like, I don't know. It's almost like this is how like disconnected his existence has become from what it should be because of Connie, right? Like he should be having the same experiences that the other people in this class have had. Like, do you like candy or have you had a crush on someone? But Connie is just totally like manipulated him like to his core. Like nothing Connie does to protect him takes away from the fact that he put him in that fucking situation to begin with a hundred percent. Like no amount of good that he does undoes that horrible, horrific, like manipulation of his own brother. That's way worse. But you don't think he has like any culpability at all to still go along with it? Like that's a really tough question to ask. I don't know. <laughs> like I would say no. I would say in the eyes of the legal system, no. Right? Yeah, I don't think they could easily find him not culpable because of his condition. If that's what you were asking. But like Hmm. Are you trying to say that he's partially to blame for robbing the bank? Like, Okay, so like Kylo really rushed through it earlier. He's like, oh, Ben's have to... Nicholas gets like in a little scuffle in jail because of something or other. But like when he's in jail, he's like, no, this is my TV. I was in yeah. here first. And he like... I feel like he does have a sense of morality. So like he knows pretending you are going to shoot someone for money is bad like i fully believe that i don't think anyone who pitches a fit like he did in the common room at the jail anyone who would do that has any semblance of what is right or wrong Mm. i don't think i i I disagree with Mm. you josh yeah i get you and we have no reason to believe that the grandma's done anything but care for nick like she's there at the end she's talking to the media saying like it's all connie like none of this is is Nick and Connie is intentionally isolating him from his grandma. He's like, no fuck grandma. It's just you and me. You know what I mean? Like what a horrible thing to say. She wouldn't let him eat food. Yeah. She wouldn't let me eat my food. Yeah. True. (sighs) That's tough. On that note, I wanted to ask you, Brett, because I gave you riding the bus with my sister. And why does Benny Safdie pull this off and Rosie O'Donnell didn't? Uh, I mean, I would say, you know, screen time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd say his voice is more naturally like that. I don't mean, it's not like it's deep. It's not that hard. God, I gotta be really careful. He talks way less than Rosie O'Donnell yes. does in that movie. Not relied upon for comedy. Big point there. Yeah. <laughs> and I would just say like, he just has like a look. In his eyes, that kind of goes together with what he's trying to go for. And I, yeah, I mean, he doesn't have to really carry any scenes. I, I don't know. What do they say in uh, in Tropic Thunder? What do you mean, you people? I've never seen it. Okay. Never mind that. Never, never go full Rosie. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a great line in there from Robert Downey, yeah. <laughs> So the movie does end with him, and there's a song that plays that apparently Iggy Pop wrote. What? He wrote the, the he wrote the lyrics in the other person thing. 
whatever they're called, wrote the music. He, he wrote the lyrics to it, which was kind of like a review or like his interpretation of the movie. Someday, I swear, we're gonna go to a place where we can do everything we want to. And we can pet the crocodiles. done a lot of drugs so <laughs> I mean it's kind of surface level but I, I, I do like that you know the pure and the damned the, the two brothers of course I think that's pretty cool yeah I think it's time for final thoughts and yes or so no's Icky Pop said love the damned that's just a quick check mark in the positive column just wanted to say okay thank you I'm going to do something a little different and uh, ask that you guys combine final thoughts with yes or no's. And Josh, I'm going to ask that you go up first. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this is a huge yes. I don't really have a ton to say. Love this movie. One thing that I really wanted to drill you with at the beginning of the pod, Kylo, but I didn't, is like, You've been harping on this movie so much. You like love and adore this movie. You worship it. You worship Robert. It's but true. Like, it's just like a griminess behind it that's like unbecoming. It'd be like hard to put that in like a top three, top five list for me, just because it's like so down and dirty or something. I don't know, man. It made me. I don't know. <laughs> I hope you do. I hope you're doing okay. <laughs> anyway, this is a huge yes. God. Thank you for picking picking good time. It was a good time tonight. Awesome, Brett. You go next. Final thoughts and yes or no's. And if you want to give a commentary about my life as well, you can do that optionally. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, no, it's... save it for Shakes the Clown. Come on. <laughs> oh God. No, I, I I don't really have any final comments. I've been talking nonstop, so uh, it's a solid yes for me. I, I enjoyed it. It's not, I'm with Josh, it's probably not a movie I'd watch again anytime soon, but I liked it a lot more than Uncut Gems. It shows that you don't have to have a movie where someone's talking the entire freaking movie to be good, so <laughs> talking to you, Adam Sandler, screw you. I'm done. All right. I'm going to go next. It's pretty obvious I'm going to give this movie a yes. right? You guys know I absolutely love this movie. To kind of add final thoughts into it, uh, one thing that we I don't think we mentioned was the score. Now, I know we like to talk about movie scores a lot, and we happen to pick a lot that have great scores. I think this is among them, that mm-hmm. crazy synth score. Like, when I first saw this movie... I couldn't think of any movies that had a score like it, but I knew that there were a ton. You know what I mean? So it's like immediately recognizable, even if there's not a direct point of recognition. 
Uh, I know we did Thief, and uh, that has uh, similar vibes in the score from what I remember. And there's a few other similarities with that one, I think. But uh, this movie, man, I, I've described it as a comfort movie. And when I say that, I mean that it's the kind of movie I can just like have on. Like if I'm going to be like unpacking or doing something meticulous, it's, it's a good one for me to have in the background because there's so many moments in it that I like. Even the high tension stuff, like, you know, I've seen the movie enough to where I'm not like at, on the edge of my seat. It doesn't do what Uncut Gems did, where it like it has a really intense like sound design with a lot of overlapping noises that is kind of like grating. So I think it's it's easier on you that way. This one has a lot of like introspective thoughts or shots of characters where it's just like their face and they're thinking of something or devising a plan. and. It, a lot of it you're meant to like read between the lines, uh, between all the stressful moments. And uh, another point is when I saw the trailer for this, I saw it in a theater, and I didn't know what this movie was. The trailer was pretty vague, and it came up with flashes of single line reviews. You know, it'll be like the New York Times, and then it'll say like their quote, and it'll kind of go between publications. One of them stuck with me, and it said, pure cinematic pleasure. And I really think that's a great description of this movie. Like, that's exactly the way I felt when I came out of it. That line drew me in a lot. And I was, like, wondering if that line would ring true when I saw the movie. And it does in every way. Robert Pattinson's my favorite actor. He's truly amazing. If you have not seen his movies or if you don't know of him outside of Twilight, you gotta watch this one. There's others as well. Obviously, he's Batman now. At the time of this movie, he wasn't yet. But he's amazing. The Safties are amazing. I absolutely love this movie. Stevie, final thoughts, yes or no's? Um, anybody who's listening to this podcast knows that I love dirtbag cinema. I find it so much more fun to watch than kind of just standard character hero movies. I find with Dirtbags, especially dirtbag cinema, where you know dirtbag is the hero. It's very hard to kind of box them in. The possibilities are endless. I find that kind of ride really enjoyable. Um, so yeah, this is in the uh, dirtbag movie hall of fame. I love this movie. I love the Softy Bros. Love Robert Pattinson, and I'm happy you called this a comfort movie, Kylo, because. <laughs> It is a comfort movie for me as well. So, hard, hard yes. It's not as comforting as The Grey, though, right? No, no, that's like the number one comfort <laughs> movie of all time. Yeah. I don't think I've ever said this on the pod, but I also really like that movie, The Grey, although I've only seen it a couple of times. I can see where you're coming from with that one. There's like something kind of like poetic about that movie, right? Very poetic, yeah, the yes. Grizzly Murders. <laughs> Comfort and terror come hand in hand with Stevie and Corey. They really do. <laughs> I mean, you, you got to be scared if a 1,300-pound dire wolf's come after you or whatever. Yeah, Josh, you're the one. <laughs> no wonder you have such an issue with it. You think wolves are like <laughs> 10 times bigger than they are. <laughs> they need medicine, my lord. <laughs> Pappy, you're the last one up. What's it going to be, man? Yeah, I never do this because I know how annoying it is to edit, but there's a scene where they're in the White Castle parking lot and Ray's like, you want to go to Adventureland right now? And Robert Pattinson just turns around and goes, yes, <laughs> please play that clip in this part because I just love the way he says yes. I'll tell you what I think. 
I'm gonna drive us out there right now. I'm gonna go through the ride and we split what we find. All right? Want to adventurers right now? Yes. But absolutely definite hard yes. I, I do find the take that Robert Pattinson's kind of a good guy in this movie a little bit bewildering. I've never, ever thought that while watching this movie. But that's what I love about it. Like the the fact that he is so scummy and so manipulative and so dirt baggy. Like this was a seminal movie theater experience for me. And all the Safety Brother movies that I've seen in a movie theater have been this and Uncut Gems. I'll probably see every single movie they make in theaters because of the awesome score because of the lighting they make really fucking good movies and i know on this podcast i've even said that tom cruise might be the last great movie star but i kind of take that back because robert pattinson is a fucking movie star you know what i mean he's been in two now three ginormous tentpole franchises harry potter twilight and batman but he's also pulling down these like indie A24 roles and like it's just fucking amazing <laughs> in them as Christopher well. Christopher Nolan too. Yeah, and Christopher Nolan movies. Yeah, so these huge blockbuster movies, but also has like time to do The Lighthouse or something like that. He I'm with you, Corey. He might be my favorite movie star right now. And just like even like a sign of quality, which is crazy to say because the Twilight movies were just so maligned, even by people who didn't see them as being like shit movies so like the fact that it's like oh robert pattinson is in this i might want to check it out it just is a testament to how fucking awesome he is great movie love good time hard yes good pick Corey. hell yeah all right now we're gonna do trivia in a second here but before we do that josh i believe we have a message from a listener yes we have a new patreon which is super exciting thank you so much Lindsay. She said, hello, Josh. Uh, after many drafts of options in my notes app, I've got two choices that I'd love to leap up to you, the spoilers boys, to choose from. Okay, so you guys ready for this? Yeah. The Wicker Man from mm. 1973. So the good one. Good movie. <laughs> and 300 from 2006. Beep. She goes on. Looks like you've never covered these. The Wicker Man is just a fantastic folk horror with our motherfucking dude, Christopher Lee, wearing the fuck out of a turtleneck. <laughs> I love it. And then she says, 300 needs no explanation. It's just epic. And I have to admit, every time I scroll past it on TV, I watch it. I think they'd both be a super fun watch. And I'd love to hear you all spoil either one of them equally. Love the podcast. Thanks for that opportunity to request an episode, which you, the listener, can also request an episode. It's super cheap. Pappy, right? Stauncher levels like one ninety nine. You can just subscribe for one month and request a movie. It's kind of ridiculous. Something like that. Yeah. A lot of time <laughs> goes into this. Like, I think we all watch this movie once, so it's like 10 hours times the 20 hours it'll take Kylo to like edit in all this cool music that you've been hearing. So definitely appreciate it. <laughs> Any form of communication, any form of support, even just an email. It, it raises the morale of the spoilers boys every time. Well, should we hash this out right now? Should we submit our votes? Uh, we don't have, like, Mikey. I know which one Mikey wants. He, mess- he, s- he sent a message on it. Oh. Did he? Oh, okay. Let's do it then. Pappy? Um, Stevie? 
I would vote for 300, but I will keep Wicker Man in my back pocket for a spooky spoilers pick for sure. Stevie sighed at my vote. I vote Wicker Man. I'll also vote Wicker Man just because I actually like 300. I feel like your guys are going to crap on it. So. <laughs> oh, in that case, I'll, I vote for 300 then. <laughs> well, I vote Wicker Man. Oh, shoot. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I vote 300. Easy, bro. I vote 300. We're supposed to do that for episode 300, but we failed to. So let's let's do 300, I say. Yeah, Mikey also voted 300. I, I just want to give you guys a heads up. I fucking hate that movie. Yeah, you told us. <laughs> yeah, Corey, you told us. Zack Snyder movies get plays, though. So. Yeah, so let's we'll do 300 do then, because I would love to rant, rant on that movie. Snyder bots incoming. Sounds fun. I like it. I'm with Lindsay and Brett. Yeah, it's trying to remember. It's it's no Southland Tales. That's true. Sorry, Brett. We've been getting on the wrong on your wrong side all night. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And it's time to do that some more because it's time for my world famous trivia game. This is Poor Man's Jeopardy. All right, guys, so how this game works is there is a board with categories. You guys are the contestants. You're going to choose your category and point value, kind of like Jeopardy, except we're going to go one person at a time. If the player gets the question right, they get points, and if they get it wrong, they lose points. Whoever has the most points at the end is the winner, and that person gets to select the next movie we do a podcast on, and they get to host it. So there's some big stakes for this. There are. And here are the categories. Obi-Wan Kenobi Season 1. <laughs> Young Guns. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles quotes from the 1990 oh. movie. <laughs> and the first non-movie category I've ever done, Street Fighter 2 Turbo. <laughs> what the hell? This is going to be impossible. Now, I'm going to give you guys a heads up here. Josh has advantage because he's going first. He hasn't hosted in a long time. Also, he has advantage in that the categories <laughs> kind of lean in his direction. Yeah, what the heck? Think? Ooh, I see this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think we're ready to go through it. Josh, you're up first. Pick your category and point value, and we're going to do it. There's a sense that going first is a disadvantage. Do you just have any recommendations for maybe where I could start here? What? Just asking. I already have a a bunch of advantages. Oh, um, sorry. Quick note before you choose. Okay. Because I know there's been some, like, issues with, you know, the questions being too hard or being too easy when I do Poor Man's Jeopardy. So I want to give you guys this heads up. I'd say that the questions here are easy if you have any familiarity with the category. Any familiarity? So Josh no, has, is Josh. familiar with all of them. Okay. I'll just go with Young Guns for two. Just be modest here. Playing it safe with Young Guns for two. Yeah. The movie's villain... L.G. Murphy, owns a slave girl who was originally from this country. 
Holy shit. <laughs> well, I gotta say, I want to say China, because he just calls her China. But I feel like he's so racist, it wouldn't matter what Asian country she's from. So I feel like I should pick a different country. Um, I guess I'll just go with, where is China, Kyla? That is correct, Josh. Yes! Hey, you freaking racist. China is said many times in the movie (laughs) for him to address her, as we (laughs) joked about on the Big Dumb movie, Young Guns Pod. Uh, thank you for answering in the form of a question. I forgot to remind you guys. You got to do it in the form of a question. Stevie, you're up. Um, well, I guess I'll go with the only category I can, which is uh, Street Fighter II Turbo. Whoa. And what point value? Um, let's go two, Alex. This fighter is a boxer from the United States. Oh, Lord of the Rings style. Nice. Who is Balrog? That is correct. Balrog the boxer from Las Vegas. <laughs> Brett, you're up. I'll do... Turtles quotes for... I'll just do it. Let's do it. Three. I'll do it for three. Wow. Oh. Casey Jones wields dual baseball bats of this famous MLB player. Tell me, you didn't pay money for this. Is that what is Jose Canseco? Boom. Stupid one, sale, pal. You got it. That is correct. Who is? Yeah. As long as it's in the form of a question. A Jose Canseco bat? Tell me you didn't pay money for this. Pappy, you're up. Look at these scores for our first round of Poor Man's Jeopardy. I'll take Obi-Wan Kenobi season one for three. Oh. I haven't watched it. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> haven't watched it. This is the name of Leia's adorable little droid. Coming soon to a Disney store near you. Uh, K2. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. What is Lola? Okay. Lola. Score update for the listeners. Brett is in the lead with three points. Josh and Stevie right behind him with two points. Pappy has taken himself into the red with negative three. (laughs) Josh, you're up. You're a coward, Pappy. Um gotta go big with young guns for three throughout the film the regulators are chased by this ruthless bounty hunter who is eventually killed by charlie (laughs) oh who is john kinney charlie (laughs) it's john kinney it's john kinney (laughs) That is correct, Josh. Well done. You know Thank your young you. guns, sir. Yes. Years of study have paid off. You are now up to five points. Jordan would have been so disappointed if I missed that. Stevie's up. Street Fighter for Trace, Alex. Oh. It's the only category I know. Street Fighter 2 Turbo for three. 
This spinning uppercut attack can be performed by both Ryu and Ken. <sighs> do I have to say the word? Uh, yeah. uh, yes, you do. <laughs> This is gonna be so stupid. This is one of two, and I can't remember which one it is. It's fucking midnight. Um, Hadoken? What is Hadoken? I'm sorry, it's sure you can. Sure you can! That's what I thought. Oh, it was you can. That's a different one. I will take Son of a bitch. Hold on, turtles. Let me do the math. What is two minus three? One? Negative, negative one. <laughs> negative one. I'm at negative one. Turtles for two. Sam Rockwell's character offers the new Foot Clan recruits some cigarettes. <laughs> These are the options. What are regular or menthol? Booyah. You did it. Man, he gets bonus points for the accent. All right, Pappy, you're up. You already know Obi Wan Kenobi season one for two, please. <laughs> what are you doing, Pap? Dude, sabotage. Like, I looked at these categories. I, this is I've never had less of a shot of winning trivia <laughs> than these four categories. This man gives Obi Wan a quest to rescue his young daughter. Oh Jesus Christ! Um, who is Jar Jar? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Who is Bail Organa? Organa. Mm. That one you could have gotten by context clues. Score update for the listeners. Yeah, maybe. Josh and Brett tied for first with five points each. Stevie has negative one. Pappy has negative five. Josh, you're up. Regulators! (laughs) For one. (laughs) Doc Skurlock is played by this actor. Doc, it's one of the best. Who is Kiefer Sutherland's Sutherland? Kiefer Sutherland. Yes. Stevie, you're up. Let's go TMNT for one, Alex. Whoa. Sliding over. After defeating Shredder, the turtles gather together for a group high five and shout this. <laughs> uh, it's one of two, and I'm fifty. Uh, yeah. Um, what is Cowabunga? Damn it! Cowabunga, it is. I always like. Oh, let's go. Cowabunga. I was gonna say that or Pizza Time, but <laughs> I will take Street Fighter Two Turbo. For one. Pizza time. <laughs> hey. It's plausible and you know it. That's Spider-Man 2. Give him a minus half point for saying that. <laughs> Alright, Brett. Ryu yeah. hails from this country. Uh, what is Japan? Where? Correct. Pappy... You're left with Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> Season 1, 4-1. It's been going so well so far. <laughs> when the series begins, we find Obi-Wan in hiding using this alias. 
Who is Ben? God. That is correct. That moves you nice. up, sir. <laughs> to negative four. It's not quite old yet. Josh and Brett, you guys have tied with six points each. Come on, give me a six-pointer, Kylo. Let's go. That means you guys get the bonus questions. Oh, boy. Which are less easy as a note. Oh. Oh. Is it sudden death or? There's two categories, Saints in Film, and the other one is released in 2017. I'm going to let you guys play out the categories. Yeah, I like that. Oh, my God. All right, Josh, you're up. Are me and Pappy allowed to steal? <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys are out. Oh. Okay, uh, I'll do released in 2017 for one. This movie opened with the Dark Universe logo. Wow. Oh my gosh. Um What is I honestly don't know. Um shit. Uh, Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> what I'm is sorry. Thor? That is incorrect. Shit. Happy, tell it to him. Uh, the Mummy. What is the Mummy? Yep. That's a freaking one-pointer. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> Brett, you're oh, up. That was easy. Dude. I'll take Saints and film for one. Who doesn't know the Dark Universe inside and out? I don't know. It's one movie. <laughs> Saints in film for one. A Saint Bernard terrorizes a mother and her son in this 1983 Stephen King adaptation. What is Cujo? That is correct. That puts Brett in the lead with two. And I just thought of a new rule to keep everyone playing in the game. Josh and Brett, between your next two choices, you can choose to either ask Stevie or Pappy, and you can choose to go with their answer or not. On any of the remaining questions. Ooh, yeah. Just one or any of them? You guys get to do it once. Cool. All right. Yeah. Josh, you're up. Saints in film three. Stevie. <gasps> well, you can oh, God, you can hear it first. Don't put this pressure on me. Yeah, hear it first. And then you can decide. Okay. This actress played Joan of Arc, the patron saint of France, in the 1999 Luc Besson film... The Messenger, The Story of Joan of Arc. I'll choose Stevie. I know it. From 99? 1999, Luc Besson. Luc Besson. Um, that's a... (laughs) Amazing accent. Yeah, I know. I was trying to do a, um, what's that, Orson Welles uh, drunk accent with that one. Um, That was uh, Mila Jovovich. Holy shit. I just saw The Fifth Element in theaters for the 25th anniversary. This feels like feng shui. I will choose to go with Stevie's answer. All right. You got to say the full answer. Mila? Oh, okay. Who, I yeah. do, I, yep. Go ahead. Who is Mila Jovovich? That is correct. <laughs> Let's go. Thank you, Stevie. You're welcome. It's a horrid movie I did not, not enjoy. Brett, you're up. I'm going to... Maybe regret this, but uh, I will do Saints in Film for two. Whoa. <gasps> G- gamesmanship. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh. 
I've disappeared into the forest. You can only ask Pappy. Hold on. Don't, don't hold on a second. What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> I'm out of the game, Pap. I'm in the forest. Brett can choose to ask you still. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, I will <laughs> I will go with Saints and Film for two. Joel Schumacher directed Saint Elmo's Fire, as well as these two Batman films. What are Batman Forever and Batman and Robin? That is correct. That means you are leading the game. You have one point ahead of Josh, and it's Josh's turn. Oh. I'm going to be pragmatic here. I'm one point behind. Yes. Yeah, you have to go for it. I'm going to try to make him get the three-pointer. There's no... Uh, yeah, go for two. Release in 2017 for two. Oh, this po- this category is impossible. <laughs> Released in 2017 for two. A Stephen King adaptation starring Idris Elba. I'll choose uh, Pappy. No. Oh, you already used yours. You're on your own. Oh, I'll choose Stevie. <laughs> no, you got to answer it yourself, bro. I know this Is it one the too. book or the movie? Hey, whoa, dude, stop. No, no, no. Is it the book or the movie? A Stephen it's King adaptation starring Idris Elba. The category is released in 2017. The right. book starring Idris Elba. <laughs> His best role. Man, I'm so bad at trivia. I can only think of two Stephen Kings, and it's Green Mile and It. And I know <laughs> Green Mile is really old, and It was TV, but then it was probably around 2017 or 18. So I'm going to say, where is It? No, what? I want to say, what is It? It's It. What is It? Thank you, Brett. The correct answer, <laughs> what is The Dark Tower? No! Based on the gunslinger. <laughs> and Brett, so confident has to get this right to yeah. win. You have backup categories? I do. Oh, One God. <laughs> I'll take released in 2017 for three. Released in 2017 for three. A murder mystery starring Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen. Happy, do you have any idea? I'm sorry, I don't. Uh, Stevie, do you have any idea? Do not. He's in the forest anyway, so. Uh, you can't ask Brittany. No, I'm talking to myself. <gasps> I prom I promise I'm looking right at the bottom. Dude, I've boosted Brett's audio before and heard him whispering to Brittany. <laughs> One time I did, but I like admitted that I did it. <laughs> um, hi. What is tag? The correct response. What is Wind River? Oh. oh you guys are tied up. I know it's getting late. If not for Harvey, I always said that would have won Best Picture. So there's 
three options. There's one more category. It's called three name directors, right? It has three point values, but there's, a, <laughs> there's only two of you. So we're only going to pick two of these. One of them is going to remain unanswered. And oh my you can both go to Pappy or Stevie if you want on either of your questions. Josh, you're up. I should have known Wind River. Yeah. I can still ask Stevie or Pappy. I'm re-implementing that since we're in double overtime. <gasps> Out of the force, let's go. Three name directors. Just got to go for the jugular for three. Hey, do I? I mean, like, what? A, I don't have have a chance. No, you do. <laughs> I wasn't listening. Sorry. Anyone can win. Three name directors for three. Is that right? Yeah. You picked three? Okay. Yeah. Francis Ford Coppola directed this short film starring Michael Jackson, which could be seen in 3D at Disney theme parks. Oh. Can I maybe just choose like two or one? Nope. <laughs> like that. But you can ask uh, Pappy or Stevie. You have to pick one of them and then ask them. Which one of you guys has your white gloves on right Don't now? Which one of you is more answer. like, ooh Stevie, you my bro? Come on, bro. No, no I, table I, talk. I, I'm not allowed to answer. What? No. I thought he just she, said he was. I, no, he can. If you want to pick Stevie, Stevie, you, you can can't help him. Ask him if he knows. You can't ask if he knows. I can't induce you, but if you pick me. I will try to answer my best. Oh, I am picking you. Let me be clear. Good picking call. Stevie. I have no idea. Yeah, so this is the short film that was shown at Disney, right? Yes. <laughs> Stevie's our Disney boy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that was called uh, that was called Captain EO. What is Captain? What is yeah, Captain EO. Yeah. I'm sorry, Brett, but Josh has one trivia. <laughs> so you said so I don't even get a freaking chance. Double overtime. You did have a chance. I mean, Josh wow. has been on the schneid for <laughs> nearly a year. That like that little short film was the reason I thought that Michael Jackson was power aligned forever, and I'm still convinced it is. If Josh had gotten it wrong, Brett, and you would have gotten yours right, or if you would have uh, gotten the one-pointer, and I guess you didn't have to get it right, you would have won. I just don't think you thought it through very well or very fairly. But. Wow. <laughs> oh, it's my fault, huh? I'm happy for Josh. <laughs> it's your fault that you don't give two people a double overtime a chance? What is this, the NFL? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm only fair in single overtime. And then double overtime goes to the person with advantage. They get the advantage again. Yeah, I mean, I thought the board was enough of an advantage for Josh. But... <laughs> Thanks for being happy for me, Brett. I'm happy for Josh. The poster for, for Captain EO, Slade. Three name directors for one. Shout it out, guys. Okay. Director of The Host, Snowpiercer, and Parasite. Bong Joon-ho. Oh, uh, Boon, yeah. Boom. Three name directors for two. Director of The Master, Punch Drunk Love, and Phantom Paul Thread. Thomas Anderson. Paul Thomas Anderson. That's <laughs> negative one for Pappy. Corey Anderson. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry to keep you guys up so late. I know Brett hates me now. It's official, so I apologize. We're going to go to Spoiler Man for a second so Josh can pick his movie. We'll be right back with you. Make sure to check out Corey's podcast, Big Dumb Movie. Yeah. 
and we're back. Josh, you have one trivia. You get to host the next episode we do for Movie Game. What's it going to be, man? I will choose the movie, but that's some bullshit because Brett started exporting before we were done with the episode. But anyway, <laughs> I'll continue on. Um, I was going to choose... We've lost gorgeous George. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to choose Garden State to meet Brett halfway, and we could love on that movie together. But you know what? I'm going to instead pivot to a pappy old pick that we've both had in the bag. Yeah. You chose you chose a Truman Show recently, which I hold very dear to my heart. So I'm going to return the favor and choose 2008 Children of Men. Is that yeah. the right year? I think so. Woo-hoo. We've been waiting for that to, movie. Yeah. That that movie was one of the early movies we bonded on, Pappy. We both love that movie. It's been like six or seven years since I've seen it, but I would love to review that with you guys. So, Kylo. One of my favorite intros. Very great cool. call. Children of Men. Children of Men. Not a movie I would think would be a Josh pick, as it is very dour and sad and depressing. Not the kind of movie I think... That is up your alley, Josh, but hey, we'll talk about it. This has been Good Time. Thank you all for listening. It's been a lot of fun. I'm sorry I lost a friend tonight, Brett. Take it away, (laughs) Spoiler Man! Special thank you to our patrons. Matt Troll. How would you like it if I made you cry? How would you like that? Brother Brian. He's kind of a weirdo. Druid King. Don't be confused. It's just gonna make it worse for me. Nick. You're incredible, do you understand? The Meg. It's Megalodon. David. Why you gotta be such a fucking little prick all the time, man? Nurse Stacy. Mom! Sorry, sorry, Mom. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm done. No, 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 of course, of course. Mom, 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 mom. Please listen to me. The Wolf. I think I was a dog in a previous life. In fact, I know I was. That's why they love me so much. Barky 420. Look at you. Look at you. You're drunk as shit. Now you want to get real with me? Dave Don't fucking flatter huh? yourself, bro. I'm not trying to get real with you. You know what? I'm fucking real. <laughs> Total movie recall. Uh, I can't even fucking look at you, man. It's disgusting. Spencer. This is all a bunch of fucking bullshit, man. If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is Podcast Spoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. To do this, one, search for movie spoilers. Two, click on our orange spoilers bowl logo and scroll all the way to the bottom. Three, leave us some stars and some words. Now you can check us out on Spotify. YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Spoilers is now available on Audible.
That was spoilers.